0: Welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron, and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And this week's No Exceptions, we go into episode 196, a bit of a smorgasbord this week, as we look at Keanu Reeves as our main topic. We've gone to the cinema to see some big releases. huge. The next instalment of the MCU, that's of course Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. James, you've seen a couple of uh, films as well around Uh,
1: that? I have. I've also had to go to the cinema to see the next stage of the evolution of Nicolas Cage, mate. And I've also been haunting these films I've seen on Netflix for a while that we said that we'd talk about next. Uh, last week.
0: There you go. So we've got some movies to talk about as well. I've also been cracking on with Ozark.
1: Oh mate, you and that Ozark, it's uh please tell me it's better than Handmaid's Tale. There's more of a nicer it's the same tune. yeah, it's the same quality of writing
0: and acting yep. and uh an engagement. Uh it's, it's it's as bleak as Handmaid's oh, Tell. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's not as bleak. Yeah, I mean, well, for different reasons. But was I mean, I thought I'd, I thought I'd finished, it. I thought I completed it last night because oh. each season has 10 episodes, but season four, crafty, couple of extra on the end there. Oh. I was halfway through the 10th episode of season four thinking, this doesn't feel like it's wrapping up the big TV show that everyone's on about, you know, and then uh, it ended. I was like, that hasn't ended anything. And then realized, yeah, this is a good next episode. So uh, I'll do it tonight, tonight after this podcast. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about movies, we'll talk about films, we'll talk about big releases and we're going to talk about Keanu Reeves, one of our favourite actors, someone that cannot believe it's taken 196 episodes to get to and I must admit
1: James, when we said should we do this, I thought, haven't we done it? Yeah, but I think we've done all of his films, we've done the big ones, we've done the Matrix, we we, we talk about John Wick all the time and um, speed often comes up because our love of Sandra Bullock, Keanu Reeves and uh, the ability to drive a bus. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We always talk about that, mate. Every week. (laughs) So we're, you know, in True true Style, we'll do our top, I suppose our top three favourite Keanu Reeves movies. We'll give a bit of a bio and we will go through filmography from his uh, humble beginnings right the way through to, um, what was it, Matrix that came out last year and all the John Wick (laughs) sequels that are in pre-production at the moment. So we'll go through filmography, pulling out some highlights. And, uh, yeah, taking stock of our favourites. Let's start with some movies at the cinema, though, and some Netflix movies. Because we don't want to, you know, if someone's downloaded this episode for the first time, thank you. Don't forget to rate, download, subscribe. You get a new episode each and every week. Um, Someone's
1: going, oh, yeah, a bit of Keanu Reeves. Let's make you wait. Yeah, that's what we do.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> as is our way. But can we just say, you were talking about Ozark. Can I just say that on Amazon, I kept it. I made it wait. I made them build up because I wasn't in the mood to wait a week, on week, on week. So I'm a big Star Trek fan. Mm. Picard season two's out, it's finished, it's done, what next in John in Luke Picard and his billies and his adventures after the USS Enterprise? Well, tell you what, mate, I've got a big problem with fan service sometimes, you know, when, it, when something comes out, it's just for the fans, there's no um, substance, no reality, no reason for it. Well, two of the biggest villains, or two of the favourite antagonists, you should say, from Star Trek Next Generation are The Borg and Q. And they're both in season two of Picard. And you know mate fucking loved it. I <laughs> thought it was absolutely brilliant. There's a couple of seasons, time travel, everything that I loved about Star Trek was in here. Mm. And I had this really worry worrying thing. Is Patrick Stewart getting too old? But you know what? He's pushing. He is pushing. He, he must be very old. He's lost that that step. It's not as quick, but do you know what he hasn't lost? He hasn't lost his ability to grab an audience and mm. keep you involved. Picard series two was brilliant. I loved it. It was everything I wanted. It's fan service. It's f- phenomenal. There's, there's characters go through arcs that mean something. It brought back some scary villains, made Q. Q was in like the first episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He's basically a god who fucks about humanity because why not? And his story arc through 10 episodes was genuinely quite moving by the last episode. Yeah. I, I actually cared about like the main villain. Picard, series two, uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, you've probably seen it. Series one, he, he opens the same easy vineyard. And I know that's where he belongs, in a
0: vineyard. So they're, because they're the three things to a good season, aren't they? Particularly one that's had time between a previous season or is maybe a reboot or a re-kind of look at a franchise. You want, you know, uh, you want a bit of fan service, but you want it to add something new to the story and you want characters that make sense on their journey throughout that story.
1: And it was really good. And they're building up for Picard Series 3, which apparently will be the end of it, which is good. I like. They've already filmed it, I think. Yeah, I've heard that with the original cast of Star Trek, The Next Generation being in it, which is kind of open... I'm not, no spoilers, something happens to certain characters which will explain why they go on their own journeys. Loved it. Brilliant if you're a fan, watch it. And then I was in a good mood. Mm. You know, I, I went to Netflix. There's a new program. It's comedy. It's called The Pentaveret with Mike Myers and Michael, uh, sorry, Keegan-Michael Key.
0: I, I want to I know if this is good because I hovered on it. I, I never really know if I'm a Mike Myers fan. I mean, Austin Powers... I'm not going back to. Enjoyed yeah. it when it came out. I think if I revisited it now, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. We talked about mm-hmm. this recently. Shrek, obviously, but I, you know he's obviously huge in things like the SNL crowd and yeah. stuff.
1: Wayne's World, I really like. Yeah. Um, um, I was about 25, and I had some really bad health concerns, problems, and um, I found a lump on my testicle. I was genuinely really worried. i basically I took like a month out and I was really, really depressed. You know, I started questioning myself what it means to be a man, what it means to exist in a world where you lose something, to part of your identity that you never really thought about, asking these really deep questions. That week was more fun than a single minute of the Pentarian <laughs> It was one of the worst things I've ever I seen. I was going to say, Mark Miles gave you the lump of your testicle. <laughs> but maybe. It is so bad. It's him doing caricatures, basically the SL, the SL. Uh, checks have dried up he's mm. just gone back to over the top russian actors it's about the secret society that create uh, that control the earth and it's just crap two episodes if you've made it past two episodes i salute you if you're listening and you actually watch it and you've enjoyed it i apologize one of the worst things since the creation of a virus. <laughs> it was one of the worst things I've ever
0: seen. It's uh, it's weird, isn't it? In a time when Netflix is losing subscribers, um, in a time when they were looking at introducing adverts as well. I know. Um, you we, know- were, we were talking about
1: the downfall of Netflix and then like two days later, they said that. What was it? It was there talking about cracking down on multiple addresses with the same account. If that happens, mate, I'll just cancel Netflix. You've not really got, and I'll just get it for the month that you've got Witcher season three.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's the thing. They've still got those big releases, like the Stranger Things they'll, that will always keep a crowd in. And they do champion indie filmmakers and documentaries and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and obviously, uh, you know, loads of um, serial killer, true crime documentaries that <laughs> yeah. people love. But they, they do seem to be shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. If Mike Myers in this new season is their big thing... He's really bad. I'll tell you what, though. I have seen... There's a lot of trailers going out at the moment. It's a, it's a good time in cinema because we're starting to get towards blockbuster season, um, you know, in some of the big releases. You know, now the Oscars have died down. You know, no one slapped each other for a while. <laughs> it's
1: time to make some money. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, uh, out of all the trailers, and bear in mind I saw the Avatar trailer this week, and and all right, it's fine. But the one that actually <laughs> blew me away maybe or it has me most interested is Adam Sandler's new movie. Oh, luckily I've avoided that. It, but do you know what? I mean, I could be wrong. I could okay. be wrong.
1: Be Sandler, before.
0: we've talked about, you know, um, what was it, that uh, Diamond movie that he did. Oh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems was 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 good. Rain Over Me, I like. Happy Gilmore is a guilty pleasure. The rest of the stuff I could pretty much take. He's, uh, leave, I think sorry. he's a
1: talented person who takes the easy way out, which is why I don't like him very much. I think mm. he has the ability to try something different. But his new one, he plays a uh, basketball scout. It's a movie called Hustle.
0: Um, and he's uh, like a globetrotter working for a basketball team and kind of finding the new recruits. And it actually looks pretty good. It's been, it's typical, uh, you know, hype for a movie, tip for Oscars and all this shit, uh, which I, I it, too early to be talking that nonsense. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if it, it was, was,
1: if it was, it wouldn't be released. No, it would be, now. yeah. October is the time to release that movie.
0: But, um, it does look good. It does look like, uh, Sandler's, uh, pushing his acting chops, uh, which like you say, when he does do it, it's rare nowadays, but it's good. <laughs> so that, yeah, I it,
1: cause the Avatar trailer, I was like blue people again. What? Looks good. What I don't understand about, what I don't about any of this Avatar thing is, so I rewatched it not that long ago. Um, I, I think it's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. So I was watching it, I was thinking, I think like the producers, the the directors, the, the movie series, have completely overestimated how much people want a sequel to it. When it first came out, its biggest drawing point was it, it brought 3D back. Mm. 3D's died again. But I remember—I didn't remember sitting there saying, going, What an epic story!" And I certainly wasn't waiting over ten years for a sequel to it. It's yeah. not Star Trek or Star Wars. I don't
0: care. I—I I, I never got the hype when it came out, like, no. and, and I thought it was all right. And like you say, the three D element of it was incredible because it was the first movie that I remember that didn't necessarily play on the tro- the trick of like things looking like they're coming at you. Yeah, it made everything look really deep. Yeah, you know, so when you were in an, a, a hangar. You know, it, you felt like the screen gave way to a huge room and that worked in its favour because then when you went into the, the world, you know, it felt vast and it felt- It felt uh, alien. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was you were in an alien world, well, it
0: worked in its favour, but- mm. But a lot of it, I just, I think I lost it. Uh, what was it called? Uh,
1: Unobtainium or whatever. Unobtainium, yeah. The moment that came out, I was like, it bullshit. Comes out, it comes out pretty early as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, to me, it was just- um, It's long it's as well, isn't it? It, it was it's long. very long. I'm going to have to rewatch it before I go and watch the, the next the, the one. The problem is the sequel to me just like, it's like, oh, family. And it was just like, right. So I don't get it. And also they brought back characters that died in the first one. Obviously it got to be through some sort of flashback or mm. alien tomfoolery. You never know, mate. James Cameron,
0: wizardry. But he does this a lot, doesn't he? He kind of says, you know, had to wait for this movie because I had to wait for the technology to be ready. You know, as if Actually, to, that's a good point, yeah. I mean, that's the the whole Star Wars thing with George Lucas. And I always question the um, the the prequel trilogy of Star Wars that did Lucas know what he wanted to do at the time of making four, five, six, because there's a rumor that went around that he put, he slapped the four at the beginning of A New Hope to confuse audiences. So, it, you know, it was like a last minute thing. So as people sat down in the cinema, it would say it's... episode four and people be like, what?
1: That makes sense to me. And also it gives him room so he could tell a story. And if you rewatch episode four and they said one they do talk about the clone wars yeah so they do mention these things that they then
0: turn into films. so so maybe well they now uh, an interview surfaced recently of um, Mark Hamill on on Blue Peter so obviously Fuck j- it. i've seen that they talk, talk about young Yeah. yeah. And so they're starting to talk about like, you know, Hamill's saying in that, and Hamill must've been in his twenties at the time. He said, you know, we've got one more to make in our trilogy and then there'll be a bit of time and then they'll do the prequel trilogy, which will tell the story of a young Darth Vader. And and I was like, oh shit, maybe, so maybe he did write the whole thing between four and five. I think, I think (laughs) the the theory still goes that four was pretty much a wing and a prayer to get it done. And then the success of it kind of turned it into this huge... Franchise.
1: But, I, loved, um, I I just love the fact like he had these six movies written <laughs> and he's, he's promoting them to Fox and he goes, so what's your story about? It's not about another trade delegation, is it? <laughs> and he just like slides the first three away. <laughs> God, no. No, it's no, about it's no. By, by the Death Star. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah, But you know what? I agree with you. Completely. Avatar. It was a good trailer, but at the same time, I just don't give a shit. No,
0: no. I I think there's there's probably some other trailers that I've seen. Oh, a movie that we're going to talk about next week. Uh, We'll give the game away right now. Next week is our Top Gun special. We're asking the question, is Top Gun, well, is Maverick worth going to watch based on the original from the 80s? Revisiting it now in uh, 2022. Uh, I did have the... I don't know, Fortune, misfortune. I haven't made my mind up yet, of five minutes of Top Gun before I got to see Doctor Strange. Really? Yeah. Uh, they were like, oh, it, it, pay promotion. It and it was like, um, yeah, so exclusive to IMAX, because I went to the IMAX to watch Doctor Strange, and it was like, tada, you're going to get to see five minutes uncut from the movie. And I thought, I didn't well, give consent to this. Oh, I don't want five minutes yeah. of this film. You know, Do not want to leave. <laughs> no, but I did. I, I did think. Oh, do I need the toilet? I could probably go for a try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long this movie is. But... Uh, five minutes, good. Just, just, I just want good, not good. Um, it was a dog fight scene, aerial yeah. dog fight scene, which, which I think I'll, we'll talk about this in detail next week. You know, love, loathe, or laugh at Top Gun. You know, for in, in what age and time has done to it. You know what it did push the forefront of a film that that did aerial combat scenes, Mm. you know, strapping cameras on, on planes in the sky. And and no shadow of a doubt, I think the only thing that would get me in the cinema to watch Maverick is to see the cinematography and how they've done it. Because Tom Cruise does push that in a movie. I know he's, he's not just an actor, you know, he's very vocal in, in how the
1: film is made and and the production of it. Well, for Maverick, he paid for them to, Go to flight school, didn't he? So basically, to terrify him, like he was, where Buckheimer put him through it. It's, yeah. So he paid so that, for the other actors to go through it. So yeah. Then like kind so of,
0: that I want to see it for that as an experience of, like say, actors really having to do it. Um, you know, be up in them planes, and also I imagine the aerial shots are spectacular. I just probably can't be asked with all the on the ground
1: shit. Yeah, taking um, it to the limit, mate. Yeah. we'll more about Top Gun next week. Taking can't wait. <laughs> uh, anyway, do you know what happened to me this week? Mm. Went to the cinema. Went to. we talking about trailers, I think you and I both fell in love when we saw the first trailer for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nicolas Cage, a film about Nicolas Cage being a washed up actor, trying to thinking about retiring, but basically being spent a million pounds to go spend a few days with this mysterious uh, person called, uh, played by Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal is everywhere. Mm. He is literally a rash, whooping cough. He is. <laughs> yeah. He's everywhere. He's invaded our hearts and our minds. I, said, Do you know what? I love it. He, he always gives a, the, quoi. Yeah. Um, so, this film um, pays a million pounds to go see a suspected armed dealer. Whilst he's there, the CIA um, recruit him so that he could play Double Spy. Mm. So, uh, a film <laughs> written <laughs> and directed by Tom. The 90s. <laughs> Gormch- <Gormuchan. laughs> a film written by the 90s. <laughs> so, this guy had written this film 10 years ago. Oh,
0: right. <laughs>
1: and he's been trying to get Nicolas Cage to play it. It's got to be Nicolas Cage. You didn't want anyone else? So he wrote him a heartfelt letter, just like, Dear Nicolas Cage, I want you to be in this film. Why? It's a celebration of all of these. The film opens up with the scene from Con Air where Nicolas Cage gives his body to his daughter, whilst at the same time a woman is kidnapped whilst watching Nicolas Cage. What proceeds now is a uh, one hour and 39 minutes of what I can only describe as Nicolas Cage, the extended universe. <laughs> and what I mean here is, what a great, fantastic film. I can't wait to It's see a risk at the time, taking it. And you are thinking, is there any other actor that could do this other than Nicolas Cage? Could it have been John Travolta? Could it have been, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme? No, it had to be Nicolas Cage. His fourth wall breaking comedy, his side eye. He plays double role. So Nicolas Cage is haunted by one of his most famous characters, who's a CGI aged down character. So there's, there's monologues he has with himself, like in the car straight away. Great, You know that thing that only ever happens in sitcoms where they say a line and then immediately the next scene, they say the opposite. It's like, I don't need this. Mm. And then they say, I really need this. Yeah, Throughout this entire film, it works brilliantly. The writing is so spot on. And it's you could tell it's perfectly written for this. Standout performance, though, is it, full of them. Neil Patrick Harris is like the slime. You know, he's got a bit part, but he's so Neil Patrick Harris. He's beautiful as the agent. Uh, I said it, Pedro Pascal is phenomenal, as is Tiffany Haddish. Um, Tiffany Haddish has turned into a big star as well. I think, I think them too.
0: Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, I'll be honest, after The Matrix, I think he'll do anything. Yeah, And I think the, um, but certainly Pedro Pascal, who at the moment is top of his career is, yes. and can handpick any project he wants to do, and Tiffany Haddish as well, being in a movie that could be snubbed as a B-movie, like cult film, that that to me was the, oh, actually, maybe there's something in
1: this. Well, there's a, the, Nicolas Cage's ex-wife, played by Sharon Horgan, is when you say she's an English actress, I say she's an Irish actress, sorry. She's in loads of British things, like The Bill. I it would be surprised if we checked her film The Bill. She's brilliant for but number one standout. It's a film based on his career, Nicolas Cage. Mm. The film is beautifully shot between these different things, this friendship that, bud, uh, that forms with this person who's ultimately evil, or are they? Watch the film, find out. Builds up, and I can only describe... One of the scenes, I'm going to say the standout scene, if we're talking about standout moments, is a scene where <laughs> Chris Cage and Pascal on acid <laughs> and is one of the funniest so, James, he sold James sold this movie to me is one of the best 15 minutes in cinema I've seen for a very long time hilariously funny where they become they're writing their own script for a film and they, they say should we be paranoid become paranoid themselves and what follows is 15 minutes of hilarity oh man it was such a brilliant film to watch I'm so glad I saw it so intimate screening there was only like three or four people in there laughed my ass off it was brilliant I know someone
0: who went to Lincoln screening to see it here in our hometown and uh, said it was packed yeah it, you know, it's
1: one of these films it's like I don't know if I mentioned it when I was talking about the Sandra Bullock one mm. that was packed and it'd been out for nearly two weeks it's like these sort of films are actually getting like a massive audience in a minute people don't want to see they just don't get me wrong they do want to see CGI yeah. screen fest, but they also kind of want this intimate kind of story and yeah. I've got to admit The Unbearable Talent was fucking brilliant
0: because if it wasn't if it wasn't if it wasn't a good movie like the con- contextually it went somewhere and it offered something to the, the main person who plays the role you know as the, as the watcher yeah. actor you know, you could have done that movie with someone like, um, what's his name? Uh, the wrestler, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yeah. You could have done a Mickey Rourke kind of character, you know, where he does it, but you know, but the fact that it's Nicolas Cage, who you could argue is washed up, but
1: actually has turned out, you know, Mandy in the last few years has been phenomenal. So that's even referenced in there. Mm. So they, so Pascal's got all his things and you see his, like his career are great These are The train tour from Mandy's there. I oh, just marked out when I saw that. Um, it's a really good film. It's really well told. The acting is, is very good. Is it going to win an Oscar? No, but when you're talking about films of the year, there are very few films that made me feel as happy.
0: And that's it, James. And that's Who wants to win an Oscar when you can win someone's
1: heart? Yeah, exactly. Oh, do you... poetic. That's it. Uh, but seriously, if, if it's still out in the cinema by the time you hear this, maybe oh. one screen on a Tuesday, check it out because you'll be doing yourself a favor. I tell you what, I'll
0: do you a deal right now. If mm. it's if it's if it's in the cinema this week. No matter what day, what time, I'll go. Good man. And if anyone I work with is listening to this podcast, get Ill. You right? don't COVID. check don't check the times. <laughs> um but yeah, if it's in, even if it's in one night this week is like the last show, and I will I will get it in. I'll make sure I move things around for it. You short. Um brilliant. Now we're going to save Doctor Strange and the multiverse of Madness to the end of the episode because um what we'll do is we'll do our usual, because it's a big release, it's MCU. We'll do our uh our PG version of the review and talk about it, and then we'll stop. People can leave if they haven't seen it. And then we'll do a few spoiler things, but we won't spoil it for spoilers sake. We're just the big things, But so. just make some interesting conversation about what does it mean? Where's it going to go next? You know, and, and just uh, some, you know, conspiracy theories about what might happen. So we'll save Doctor Strange to the end. We'll do Keanu Reeves now, if that's all right. Yeah, let's go Any for other it? films before I round um, off there?
1: I have got some more of these, these Netflix ones just because I haven't deleted it. And I'm worried that the joke will get stale mm. because um, we, did, we did an episode and I took a moment and I moaned about Esther eating my chocolate eggs. Race yes, race. Yeah. Well, she actually bought me some new ones new to, to replace them. This is how long it goes. And my notes are titled, Estimate Up To Me. <laughs> so that's, that's how long they've been here. Mentioned it last week, How It Ends, directed by David M. Rosenhall, starring Theo James, Forrest Whitaker, and Grace Dove. So this is on Netflix, based on a book. Mm. Think of it in the same veins as The Road. And, you know, the Viggo Maltese film, which is brilliant. I really like the road. Will travels from Seattle to Chicago to ask for his girlfriend's parents' permission to marry. It doesn't go well as Samantha's father, Tom, doesn't believe he's good enough for his daughter. You know, that type of... So Forrest Whitaker, the imposing father figure, not having any of this. They argue, and Will tries to travel back to Sam while on the phone he is cut off as half the country experiences a power cut. he yeah. goes back to Tom and the two decide to cross the country and save Sam from whatever event has occurred. Along the way, they come across the very worst of humanity, as the human race slowly starts going crazy, cannibals—just before cannibals—it's no. that stage where everyone's just turning on each other. Do you want know the biggest problem with this? Quite bland, very bland, boring. Mm. I love my Forest Whitaker, and I love my Forest Whitaker. dialed up to eleven, the final series, the final two series of The Shield is when he's perfectly like unhinged, brilliant Forest Whitaker.
0: Forest Whitaker's in The Shield.
1: Yeah, he plays an internal affairs officer that starts uh, investigating Mackie. Oh. Oh did, you, oh, did you... Mate, before that, Glenn Close is in it. She's fucking brilliant as well. The Shield, mate, his guest stars are brilliant. And watched season one. I loved it. I just haven't got around to season two because things say, like it's, Ozark it's, and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the ending is piss poor. I genuinely piss poor. It's like an ending that... that. It, so you know when you're in a traffic jam and you're sat there and nothing's happening you're thinking... What a waste of time this is. And then traffic moves and then all of a sudden you're no longer in a traffic jam and you, and you forget that you're in a traffic jam yeah. because it's that. It's just <laughs> like I was sat there going, oh, oh it's over. I'm leaving this in the <laughs> um, It was terrible. Um, along the way, they pick up- oh, What's the movie called? Uh, how It Ends. That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could have written that in there somewhere. Um, um, basically, along the way, they pick up Ricky, a young woman with a sharp tongue. She's a highlight. Not in it for long. So it, it misses his favourite parts. It, it, disappointing. Yeah, I, I I skipped it. Forest Worker nearly brought me into it. Yeah. One of my favourite
0: things ever on Twitter is Forest Worker when he visited Wales. Yeah. And he's just putting pictures of the castles and him in front of it like an absolute tourist. Just like <laughs> just like thumbs up in like beautiful castle. It just
1: looked, just like like he was having the best time. Oh, that's really nice. I like Forest Worker. And then the last one I want to talk about is again from Netflix. It won't go on it too long. It's called The Bubble. And the reason what inter- what really got me in this is the cast list and the director. So the director is Judd Apatow, Yeah, And I'm about virgin. to take back everything I said about Pedro Pascal being able to pick and choose any movie because I saw half of this and turned it off. Starring Carrie Gillian, Leslie Mann, Pedro Pascal, David DeCoffney, Kate McKinnon, Peter Serafinowicz, which I'm proud of for saying that, and a double dose of your shit, Keegan-Michael Key, which is, <laughs> you know, he's a very talented man. The best joke in a penterative is when they offer him some orange peel and a key and he goes, Peel and key, and then turns to the camera and winks, reminding you of a much better show. <laughs> yeah, because that show is so good. Um, following a disastrous movie that nearly destroyed her career, Carol Cobb has to go back to the franchise that helped launch her career, the popular Cliff Beasts movies. Shooting against the backdrop of COVID, Carol is forced to star alongside former friends that she ignored when she passed on Cliff Beasts 5. The co-stars all despise each other, everyone hates the director, and the studio head will stop at nothing to get the film made. Oh. That's the most interesting thing about the film. It's really bad. And the, it was filmed during COVID, apparently. So there's lots of COVID breaks. You don't have it. The, the, the highlight is probably David Duchovny playing, yeah. uh, playing an exaggerated version of Fox Mulder. But other than that, you've got nothing here. It's Judd Ap- Apatow, though, which you think would be good. And... Yeah, you would have thought this was his element, especially with a cast like this. Mm. I'm not saying that the, the cast he's worked with before are poor, but this is like a different level, like different kind of- Too Many Cooks. Yeah, probably. It was a shit. So I do think actually Kate McKellen was actually the highlight as the every time they ring her, she's doing something. She's talking about how ah, they need to make the money. And
0: I was watching this, I was like, haven't we seen isn't this the same as when she was in that um when she was in that uh what was it? The one about the Beatles. Oh. Um oh, no, I do no, know. Sorry. Cause she was the agent in that, wasn't she? She was the Hollywood agent that signed him yesterday, that movie. I haven't seen yesterday. I've seen the the one where there's a power outage and no one can remember the Beatles but him. So he writes all rewrites all their songs and takes credit for it. And he like a...
1: And then there's those people I like the ending where there's people who have heard the Beatles yeah. and they go, I'm glad the yeah. Beatles lived on. Yeah. If that had happened to me, mate would have even noticed that the Beatles <laughs> existed. Um Yeah, yeah, but she, I thought she played
0: the same role in that, like the Hollywood agent, the LA kind of person on the other end of the phone. Yeah.
1: It was it, you are, it, so two bad things. And then at the time I had The Guardians of Justice, which is the DC, is a TV series with mm. Diamond Dallas Page on Netflix playing a version of Batman. It is it is the DC universe on meth mm. brittling. It's amazingly over top, it's brilliant, fantastic. Watch it. Episodes are 20 minutes long. Watch two. If you like it, you're in for true. Did you hear that um Batman's taking Joe Rogan off the top spot of podcasts? No.
0: Yes. Joe Rogan is no longer the most downloaded. There's a- I think I saw a meme about not being the number one anymore. Yeah. There's a Batman podcast that's come out, a a serial. So actually, you know, acting and, you know, each week you get the next part. Jason Isaacs plays um, Alfred, apparently the best Alfred. Oh, mate. I'm going to watch that. I think it's- Is it Christian Jensen who's just Batman in it? I I
1: may be completely wrong with that, but- That's the bloke. I've always wanted to try and get into Supernatural. Yeah. I always wanted to do it because it has always reminded me of like a bit. I'm a Buffy fan. It's kind of that humor.
0: It's mm. kind of Buffy. I, I might be putting two and two together. I know he was voicing Batman, and then this has come out. So, but it could be that he's voicing in an animated show no, but either way the, yeah, apparently Batman is top of the podcast. So I'll the give the it a go yeah I, I, I won't mind. I just haven't had the journey yet to listen and sink my teeth into it yeah, yeah. I need to be out walking or something the problem is it. if it's going to be fictional you, you don't want to leave it you don't want to leave it on a cliffhanger
1: mm-hmm. just, you go round and round about twice just like, that's what it. I mean well, I, I
0: also <laughs> don't want to be driving so it might not be safe James oh well, that's true uh, should we do Keanu Reeves? We should. I've spoken a lot. I'm sorry about no, that. No, no, no. It's good. I can finally
1: delete that email <laughs> that I sent myself.
0: But it, but we, you know, we're 25 minutes in, so it now seems a good time. And and also, if this bit's quick, then we'd stop, you know, I don't know. But you never know how this is going to go. Some, you know, some of these episodes, I think, fucking, hell, we could be done in half an hour. Not done that once. Yeah, we. Well,
1: Sadra Bullock went on for too long. I remember us like like giving each other the eyes, like short talking about our great she Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: got a fully feeling when I have that problem with his filmography. <laughs> It's odd, isn't it?
0: It's odd because I wrote this blurb that I'm about to say now. And then actually I'm starting to challenge myself when I looked at the filmography. So let's see how this goes. So uh, Chuck Spadina, AKA Keanu Reeves. Yes. In his earliest career, he uh, he thought Keanu Reeves might be a bit too exotic. So we did go through a few aliases, but Keanu Charles Reeves was born on September 2nd, 1964. He's a Canadian actor born in Beirut, raised in Toronto. He's also raised in Australia and a few other places. And his parents come from mixed heritage, his main his his name, sorry, means Cool Breeze Over the Mountains in Ooh. Hawaiian. That's a, that's, a, such a Keanu that's such a Keanu name. Keanu ring <laughs>
1: such a Keanu me. name.
0: Uh his filmography includes over 109 acting credits from his start in Youngblood, or I should say actually Coca-Cola adverts and Kellogg adverts and whatever, up until The Matrix of Resurrections last year. Uh, he's known for movies such as Point Break, The Matrix, John Wick, Constantine, Constantine, Chain Reaction, Speed, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and of course Bill and Ted. Fun fact, mm-hmm. he's the most demanded uh, actor from fans to appear in the MCU. Why? In fantasy casting world, where fans are asked, who would you want to see as the next big bad or the next big hero? Keanu Reeves is the most nominated. He almost was in The Eternals. Oh, that's a good thing. I think it was wasn't. the Druid character, you know, the one who can yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I, I think i think, I, I still stand by Eternals. as was all right. And I think certainly the strong, the selling point that we're going to get onto with Doctor Strange is I love that Marvel are letting directors that know how to do a genre, let them do it. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, I, I, oh, Anyway, we'll get onto that. Hollywood's nicest actor is not only a fan, but box office favorite known for crossing genres and mixing up his roles across his career. Reeves trademark style is that he portrays characters who are effortlessly cool, but also genuine in earnest. His characters are often withdrawn and haunted, but he lets audiences in rather than using these traits to push people away quoted by many film critics and journalists as an actor who's gotten better with age and experience and is still on the up and up. I would agree with that as well. I think going through the filmography this year, this week, there are some early 90s bangers. Yeah. And then there's a lot of like, I must have missed that film and I wonder why I missed it. And then you can't deny now with things like coming back with The Matrix, coming back with Bill and Ted, John Wick, which is, you know, just... An incredible franchise to be a part of when you're in your 50s as well, because that must be a real physical feat to film those That's films. a good point. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I don't think he shows any uh, signs of slowing down. Interesting quote pulled here from Keanu Reeves. Reeves has gone on to say that his acting is clean and direct rather than flamboyant, noting that his choice of action is intentional and economic with strong feelings but minimal ways to express them. Could also be described as method as he often learns new skills for roles such as martial arts, gun handling and surfing for point break. Doesn't put a lot into <laughs> that
1: was such a
0: weird sentence. Doesn't put a lot into accents though. <laughs> <laughs> But then again, everyone's got to kill his heel. As someone who has uh, confessed to wanting to leave a huge body of work behind, Keanu has at times released up to three films a year, produced countless others, written poetry, wrote music, and has directed
1: films. He's done a quite, He's done a lot. He is. Do you know what? I've never known anyone reinvent themselves mm. to such a degree that he is now. So I think it's always been kind of said he's the nicest man in Hollywood. But at the turn of like, well, not 20, say about 2015, he was he. He's he was an actor whose star oh, was fading, mm. or basically up until John Wick. I, I can't remember when John Wick came out, but that came out, and then there was all those stories about him giving his C up upon like the tube, and how he's really nice, or like people didn't realize I was sitting next to Hollywood God. He has reinvented himself by not reinventing himself, but he's mm. in everyone's. That's the reason they want him in the MCU because he's like brilliant because yeah. they love him no, as Disney a, all over because they they'd love him as a person. Yeah. It's like the only controversy you probably ever hear about Keanu Reeves is, is too much mayo. <laughs> it's just like oh, what a dick <laughs> uh,
0: well on that yeah the stories of Keanu Reeves being an all round awesome human uh, being are endless from buying all the stuntmen in the in the Matrix Harley Davidson he fucking should have done yeah <laughs> to uh, his donations to children's charities in fact his start up uh, children charities and his contributions to cancer research buying uh, watches for everyone involved in John Wick taking a 90% pay cut in the replacement so that the studio could get Gene Hackman taking a two million... <laughs> who definitely took that night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, taking a two million pay cut to get Al Pacino for The Devil's Advocate and also taking a substantial cut for Jack Nicholson appearing in Something's Gotta Give. Although a multi-millionaire Keanu Reeves remains grounded and humble, he's often seen talking to other bike enthusiasts in car parks, sitting alone in the park enjoying a coffee, giving money to the homeless or giving up his seat on the tube. He's also credited as an extremely hard worker and will film long days without complaint. No diva attitudes on set. And works with illness and injury, including broken ankles, spinal dislocations in the Matrix. Yeah. two of his uh, discs fused together. Having a fever uh, of one hundred and three, but still turning up to film the fight scenes for John Wick. That's mental, isn't it? It is, especially when you hear some of the actors that don't get out their trailers for whatever reason because there was no fucking brown MMs or whatever. Like that's that's legit. What I would do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I imagine if you have got that sort of power, though, that's what I think. That's something amazing. Keanu Reeves has resisted that corruptive power. Think what it must be. You grow up, everything you want, you get. So you're a movie star. The minute you don't get something that you, that you demand, you go, fucking ape. name. He's like, yeah. you, how dare you ruin my life? I demand these bound M&Ms. Which this man has literally like immune to it. I think,
0: I, I haven't wrote it down on here, but I think it's well known as well that he has had tragedy in his life. I suppose yeah. it's added to his, his humbleness. You know, he's, he's, um, didn't want really to go into too much detail, but obviously he um, he lost a child, he lost his uh, fiance at the time. I think his sister had leukemia. Obviously, his best friend growing up was River Phoenix. Yeah, um, so he is someone that I think has had loss, and maybe that has helped shape his uh, attitude on life. I think he's a very interesting bloke to listen to in interviews. He often talks about believing in spiritual worlds and how they cross, and and you know, and, and believing there is an afterlife. But he doesn't think that it's you know. Uh, pitchforks and horns and long grey beards. It's th- but there is something, you know, it's part of a bigger universe, an entity, and, you know, and he's he's used poetry as a way to express a lot of his feelings. He's he he just seemed like a really interesting mm. bloke. And I do love a lot of them videos of um, you know, people just walking down the street and he's just sat just eating a bagel and they're like, you're right. And he's like, yeah, he will do a selfie, he'll ask how their day is, you know, um just seems like a really granded, really, really, really nice bloke. The six foot one soft dyed patchy beard hunk of man is a motorbike enthusiast, a horse rider, a ball da- ballroom dancer, surfer and bass player. Previously in the mo- in the band Dogstar. Um, he dropped out of school to become an actor and was MVP of his uh, hockey team playing as a goalie. And uh, some of the scouts went on to say that if he wasn't an actor, very likely would have been picked up for a career in hockey. His nickname in school was The Wall. That's awesome. Was it because like dogs- Such a Keanu Reeves because <laughs> dogs best on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're not going to go into any more than that. That's kind of gives up. I mean, if you download an episode with Keanu Reeves in the title. I suppose you kind of know Keanu Reeves and yeah. you know, teaching you to suck eggs. So <laughs> let's go through some of his uh, films, starting as we always do at the at the, at the beginning. Um, now, obviously, there's a run of TV appearances and adverts. Youngblood was his first movie that he was credited for in 1986. I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen it either. I believe I've heard about it, though. That's it. I so, don't remember
1: what I've heard about yeah, it. Yeah, I
0: think he would have been about 17 at the time. Looking also on IMD trivia, uh, he paid $3,000 for his uh, role in Ooh. this movie. I think going through his filmography, there are films I am familiar with. Certainly, *Rivers Edge*, um, *Under the Influence*, but it's probably right the way up until *Bill
1: and Ted's Excellent Adventure* in '89 that yeah. I, I certainly. But that's that's the majority. You're not going to hit the. Very rarely do people come out straight away with their biggest hits today. You've got to no. build onto it, especially, and if you've got a career this long, you've got to start somewhere. So uh, I'm with you. It's like the mid '90s. Or the early nights. That's where I start to become familiar with it, with this weird, gangly, long person. And interesting about the Bill and Ted as well. They, they, him and Alex
0: Winter were auditioned together. So people were auditioned in pairs, and they went for the other roles. Ooh. and then they were swapped they both got the part but they were told to swap so uh yeah bill and ted actually swapped but um it's just worth noticing that he was in um dangerous liaisons as well before uh, bill and ted but bill and ted's is the launch It's the headline yeah uh no i think we've talked about this before taking away the new one face the music mm. bill and ted's excellent venture. bill and ted's bogus journey
1: I was always a Bogus Journey fan. I think most people are Bogus Journey. My problem is I only ever saw the, f- the first one. I've only watched the second one in the last year to prepare myself Journey. for the remake. Yeah, we had this conversation recently. Ah. So I've never really watched it. I think I saw the second one too late again, but I'm with you. I think most people prefer the second one. Bogus Journey, that is the second one, isn't it? Bogus Journey is the second one, yeah. Yeah, that's one, that's, I think that's the fan's favourite. It's one of those rare occasions where the sequel is better than the first. Yeah, I thought- It's the characters. Yeah. Das, it's, it's
0: the secondary characters that they had which are better. And they do the things like they go to the famous location for Star Trek, they die, they go, they play like the games against the devil, you know, it was was, um, what's his name? Who uh, oh, plays the devil in it? Uh, the uh, Death. William Sandler. William Sandler, yeah. Famous for?
1: Dial Being naked. Being <laughs> naked. Tachi <touchy laughs> naked,
0: which does nothing to help him when he then, because I tell you, all them clothes restricted him
1: in <laughs> the final fight 2. Actually, I love the fact that if you listen back to the episode- Go back and listen to that episode. Is we came to the conclusion, that's why he lost the fight. <laughs> too many clothes. <laughs> yeah, too many clothes. He'd been practicing naked and he was dressed for the fight. That's, where he, that's what
0: let him down. Um, yeah, I, I liked Bill and Ted growing up. They were cool movies. that So, uh, you know, I, I grew up in an era when, you know, if you had TNT or, or Diamond Cable when it first came out, you had like 50 channels. And some of them for mo- channels played movies late into the evenings. So TECM, uh, Sci-Fi Channel, Bravo, was one of a, and the Bill and Ted was one of those that if you didn't have it on ITV at like one in the morning, um, it would be on one of those other yeah. channels. And I saw Bogus Journey first and didn't even know it was a sequel being young and then saw uh, Excellent Adventure later. I think that's a very
1: daring film to make as well. It was, it was the audience that it's gone for. The, not slackers, but the people that don't want to achieve, you know, they're not business driven mm. at that time as well. It was, it was it was a new generational type film, you know, a film that literally is redundant. There's no story, there's no moral. It's about two stackers that <laughs> time machine their way to good grades. <laughs> and there was, a, there, was a, there was an
0: accompanying uh, TV cartoon, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, I,
1: I remember the cartoon more at the beginning. Mm. The, I never watched it, I just remember the beginning. That's all. Just like the X Men, though, and Spider Man. D- that's coming up soon. D- D- when
0: we talk about D- Bloody D- D- dog Strange, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah, going into the nineties, then obviously we had the Bill and Ted uh, uh, TV series, yeah, which he did voice. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Uh, Parent can You remember that movie with? Um, I can. What's his name? Uh, Steve... Steve.
1: No, no.
0: Martin. <laughs>
1: no, I don't remember. Who Steve Martin. Fucking, <laughs> I'm <laughs> there. I'm there. Steve Martin. The Damn uh... you for having two first names. <laughs> yeah, he's this what is what? As I recall, not a good film, but this, but the problem you've got here is Steve Martin's falling off a cliff and Keanu Reeves is climbing up. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's the thing. It's the, that's, when does Steve Martin um, stop being funny? And you, you every He's, time I think I know, I'm like, no, 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 before it that. It was before that. I believe it's the 90s. He just, he just yeah. went off a cliff. This is going in 99, so this is... Uh, <laughs> this is him falling off, mate. <laughs> I do like some of his 80s stuff, though, Steve Martin. Yeah. That's God, an interesting so, career.
1: That's an interesting career because he genuinely was an incredibly funny man. I'll never forget, he does an interview... Where David, David Penis, the uh, uh, the British guy who you know used to asking sort of questions like Demi Moore, he asked her if it was tasteful would she consider keeping her clothes on. <laughs> the yeah. He asked Steve Wright, I was like, what? Well, Steve Wright I come, you not funny anymore. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sure I, I do him. remember that. Yeah,
1: didn't uh, he ask him that on the
0: on the, on the red, the carpet red carpet. As well. it, it, I, I, I da- hope it was Bowfinger.
1: <laughs> I hope he did it at Bowfinger. I remember, I remember the Demi Moore one because I fairly said Bruce Willis, he took a swipe here. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm going to skip a few because let's go straight in. Point Break, 1991. Catherine point... Bigelow uh, directing a, a
1: young Keanu Reeves and a, the hunk that is Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, on point Patrick Swayze as well. Patrick Swayze in a great, their mentor relationship was brilliant. They were the right actors to play this. Patrick Swayze like the ultimate cool person. The, the head of the, what is it, the, the president's gang. That's what mm. they call themselves. I really like this film and when you look at it now, it's seen as a, like a beginner of these type of action films. Like um, the cop comedy uh, from, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it's seen up there with like Bad Boys 2 as one of the best starters. It was a really good opener. But the one thing I'll never, ever forgive this film for, mate, is he's is, not a villain. Mm. And and what I mean by that is crazy, crazy Gary Busey. Gary Busey is not the villain in this film and I'm expecting when you watch it now you're expecting Gary Busey mm. to like just pull out an Uzi or slit his own wrists and drink the blood <laughs> It doesn't do anything like that. Great film. Um, action perfectly on point but I think lessons were learned here to turn Keanu Reeves into an amazing action hero later on down the road and by later on down the road not that long mm. And, and that really, road, there's a bus on it going a bus 50, on miles road hour, road, yeah. 50 miles an hour. 50 miles an hour. I just think it was a really good film that, when you talk about action greats, you really have to study action greats to realise what it did. Mm. Um, I realise it's completely different as well. Like the, if you think about it as well, extreme sports, mm. they live on the edge, these these villains. And it takes that someone who's not by the book, this this new upstart FBI agent to kind of like join. Oh, yeah, it's really good. I think it doesn't get the credit sometimes it deserves as, as a good action film. I think going back to Top Good next week,
0: certainly the talking point is does it age well Point Blank's one of them where I kind of don't want it to age well because yeah. I want it to be a ninety early 90s action movie like you know that I, that Hot Fuzz took the piss out of or complimented that's
1: what I was trying to think of yeah, Hot Fuzz, yeah.
0: you know but the um, god God Patrick Swayze was good looking you know oh. and especially in this he looked like a wrestler yeah. a surfing wrestler the extreme sports element I think captivated a young audience's mind certainly did for myself Keanu Reeves Doing the straight lace, but also because of his natural accent, you know, he's he, he's his natural kind of love how like like surfer. Yeah, he he feels like a surfer straight away. Um yeah, I like the dynamics for Gary Busey obviously John, uh, John C. McGinley in this movie as well. I'm a big fan of John C. McGinley. Um I haven't seen it
1: for the longest time, but I do love it. They did remake it. I think the problem is when they remade was I it. Was watching that? No, no it. But also, if you think about it, it's kind of been remade with like things like Triple H. Like the extreme sports isn't what the film was about. It was about these young, it's a generational thing again. These generation that have forgotten about, they live for excitement. What's more exciting than, you know, Robin Place and doing surfing and stuff like that? Yeah, I really liked it. Mm. Again, like you, though, know, I, like, I really like it answering it in years. So. Uh, I was just looking at the tagline on the poster. So that
0: poster is uh, iconic as well. It? It, yeah. kind of was like looking over his shoulder. And then uh,
1: 27 banks in three years, anything to catch, the perfect wave. Oh, oh man. man, the perfect wave. and it's got an iconic ending. He he loves the man so much he won't shoot him. Yeah, that's that's iconic. Shoots the sky instead. Take that cloud. Agree oh, with shot out a plane? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's shit. just the rarest like an eagle <laughs> flying past. Like, okay. <laughs> well, that bullet's got to land somewhere, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I never really understood that theory. I was very off in Top Gun as well. Isn't there when missiles miss and they go straight yeah. off?
0: Where did they go? Someone's just like, fuck, that's my house. They're like, <laughs> is it that movie, The Mexican, with Brad Pitt? Yeah, I love The Mexican. When the guy that he's supposed to be looking after or whatever just gets, he just gets killed, doesn't he? Because a yeah. bullet force from the sky because they're at a festival where everyone's shooting their guns, and one of them bullets just naturally comes down. And I thought, yeah, they do have to land somewhere. They do have don't to like, land. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> Right, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which, like I said, I, I actually quite enjoyed. I thought that was the- I think he's the better one. Yeah, I just love the whole, as they're falling down to hell scene, and they're like, play 20 questions, and he's like, are you a metal? Yeah. Are you a tank? Yeah! <laughs> just straight into it. William Sadler's The Devil, I think, is, is hilarious. I didn't get the ending. I don't get the whole, like, why they built robots, but I'm not even going to question it. Don't question it, mate. You don't need to. Yeah. Um, let's keep going. Let's have a look. Ram Stoker's Dracula
1: 1992. Do you want? Know Do you want know to give credit to him? He tried something different. <laughs> Not an accident, <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he did try an accident. It just <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> and what a cast that is as well. Yeah. Like, that's an I amazing mean, cast. You could just think about it. You're young. You've just worked with Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze was always, to me, going to be famous for being one of the best action stars who were never really an A-lister. Um, and then you come in here, you've got Gary Oldman doing whatever the hell he's doing. Winona Ryder, he's got he, he he took a shot. Yeah. And you know, we will sit here every week and you and I both agree 100% Wouldn't you rather see an actor try something different than do the same old shit? And do you know what he, he tried? Yeah. Did it work? No, no he definitely no, did not. But... Gary Oldman,
0: Winona Ryan, Anthony Hopkins, Keanu Reeves, Rich Grant, Carrie um Tom Waits. It's it's a huge cast. Uh, someone I'm not I won't fuck it, they don't listen to this podcast, but I don't <laughs> someone another podcaster did the Brom Stokers figure. I wrote it, I went, Brilliant. I love any fit with Tom Wait's in it. And they took the time to route here. I like everything about this film, but Tom Waits. And I thought, how do you sleep at night, you <laughs> pesky fuck? <laughs> but that's the internet, James. Um, I, yeah, I, I must admit, I love Gothic horror. I love this cast. I love Francis Ford Coppola. I love Gary Oldman. I, 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 but I just, mute. I just struggle with this film. I struggle with the you know, like oh no, oh, no, oh, no. The, I've got to go from England.
1: <laughs> just- the problem is, is that his greatest role to this day is arguably. The surfer bro, <laughs> it's that he judges his accent. He doesn't change anything else. He said, "Hello, bro." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony Hopkins on Helsing.
0: <laughs> it's fucking weird. I, I think I also I don't think it's, I don't think Gary Oldman. It, it's the I don't think it's the best Dracula, which is the the selling point yeah. of the movie. Um, I ju- I just it looks like a it's ball back. been ball. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been parody to hell, hasn't it? It's like the the uh, the, the, the this this version is the one that. You know, I think uh, yeah. Leslie Nielsen took the piss out of. He definitely is. And, uh, the, oh, that was going back to the Nick Cage thing as well. There's a, there's a Renfeld film coming out, isn't there? So it's based on Dracula's apprentice, Renfeld, who in this is played by Tom Waits. Oh, okay. You know, in this version, he's in the insane asylum meeting the flies when you first meet him. Mm. And uh, Nicolas Cage plays Dracula, but, awesome. it, but the film is about Renfeld as his assistant. <laughs> yeah, I'm well looking forward to that. It's one of them as well where I think they're going to shoot it black and white or they're going to filter it because the the first images of. Nicolas Cage. It's very flamboyant colours, which often when they then flip it to black and white or whatever, they, yeah. they kind of add to the to, to the effect. Um, but yeah, really interesting. One of the facts I do know about this movie as well is that technically Winona Ryder and uh, Kelly Rouge got married in this film because. The um the priest in the marriage scene is a real priest, and it was a real uh, location where people could get married. I forget, you know, registered building, mm. um, and they said their vows. So technically, Winona Ryder afterwards was like, "I think we're actually now married." Fair Different <laughs> names, though. Um, yeah, saying It's not. I rewatched it a few. It it doesn't age well with oh, the God. early nineties effects. I will never rewatch that film. And you know, talk about like sucking blood. Gary Oldman sucking the scenery more than anything <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Um. The accent doesn't travel far because then he came out with uh, Much Ado About Nothing, I which know. is K- Kenneth Rannan's just consistent <laughs> fucking onslaught of William Shakespeare's work. Just fuck
1: off. Yeah. We get it, <laughs> Brannan. we get it. You love it more than anyone. I'll never forgive him for that fucking six hour Hamlet that I had to watch as I just go, fuck you, Kenneth
0: Rannan. He just loves it, doesn't he? It's uh, like in school, it's like, you know, like, oh, I like this band, I like them more. You yeah, know, well, I like them the most. I'm going to make
1: a movie.
0: Yeah. of <laughs> brand's like, I fucking love Shakespeare.
1: And mustaches, right? Yeah.
0: Um, but do you know what? Looking back at the cast, and you're like, should have been better. Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. be Emma Thompson, Michael Keaton, and uh, Denzel Washington, and Keanu Reeves in a film that only exists in the 90s. Yeah. Much Ado About Nothing.
1: Yeah, uh, unfortunately very forgettable
0: to the point that I forgot Dennis Washington was in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Kenneth Branagh you slut he just fucking loves it loves it um, yeah so then we got uh, even cowgirls get the blues little buddha but come on speed Jack Trevin <laughs> in 1994 a film that we have talked about um, previously on the Sandra Bullock episodes <sighs> and I'm going to put it out there now I
1: think my favourite Keanu Reeves movie I'm pondering to the point mate that I think it might be my favourite action movie that's so he, bold he is bold but you know I love Die Hard I love Die Hard but there's something about Speed so I watched Speed not that long ago with a friend Josh and he'd never seen it before mm. and we were just watching it and it was one of these we were just mate I forgot how fun it is to watch a film I know it sounds really stupid not analysing it not talking about it and every like the scene where it jumps mm. and Josh start talking about the physics. I, and my excuse genuinely just, a, sh- sh- just went, it's nice, mate. <laughs> it's nice, it's four, nice, isn't it? Yeah, no, nice, four. You've got, you've got him on top. You've got, and I'm not going to be funny and I, I I don't give him much credit, but Dennis Hopper was on fucking fire in mm. this. He's so great. And bearing in mind, he's acting as no one. He spends the entire film in a room talking to a mannequin in a hat, which is weird. But, you know, he is so good. And then Jeff Daniels. Mm. Mate, you've got the the Rick Morton is it the guy who blows up Skynet? Yeah, he's got talent in that film, and not forgetting Sandra B. He is. I'm not only is it my favorite kind of film. I genuinely think it's one of my uh, Joe Morton. Yeah, Joe one. Genuinely, think it's one of my favorite action movies of all time. Like, genuinely, if I was going to redo the list of my favorite all-time action film, this would be in consideration.
0: It's, it's. I mean, it's Oscar winner as well. This movie. It, it, it's, it's in my top five, top ten, definitely. I don't think anything will ever replace Dior's Man on Fire. They're Taken, yeah, they the first tier. Taken
1: movie. I don't know. I really liked Heat. And again, watched it for the first time. And do you know what? They don't make this film anymore. I not really that. like that. No. They're, they're, no, sorry. I hate that. That that. Well, I was watching this film. And do you know what? There's no CGI. Mm. I love the fact that he's just like the world's worst cop. <laughs> he doesn't do any investigating. It's like, what shall we do? He gets under the boss. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he tries to not terrify anyone. So he causes a massive accident. I fucking love speed.
0: I, I haven't seen it, it as recently as you have, but the, I, I do. Me- memory serves that there's the recollection when there's a camera in the bus that the villain's watching. Yeah, and and which I, would you would have thought would right be one away, of the most obvious things. Yeah, because it's 1994 and he's not in the bus.
1: So <laughs> so, so <laughs> the villain must have eyes somewhere. Mate, fucking brilliant! If, if at the end it turned out he was one of the, He was in the sofa. <laughs> and the and the original, <laughs> he was the <laughs> <Sorry>. original driver. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, I like this movie. I like this like He's It's that nice thing as well, where it's like, it's so nice, you just want to, oh, why did why, you, you hate this guy so much? I oh, fucking a bus killed my dad. <laughs> you know, you, just,
1: you need that backstory if you're you the uh, character. But do you know what the most important thing about this was? He made the decision not to be in Speed 2. <laughs> so did, so yeah. fucking well done. Yeah, and, uh, Fox but, shit-canned him for 10 years, didn't give him another movie. And, um, uh, Sandra Burke's still upset to this day because she said it would have been bearable if she'd been working with Keanu Reeves because they're friends. It would have been bearable for a lot of reasons, James. Like not doing it. Yeah, anything other than a was cruise she, ship. The only reason she signed up was because he was signed up. He had the more he, he had the more film deal. Mm. She didn't, but she was she got told that Keanu Reeves wasn't it signed up for. It. Keanu Reeves, was like, get to fuck. <laughs> The uh, the next movie, uh, yeah,
0: Speed. I think I'm giving the game away already, but I think Speed is my favorite. Speed, is it is Speed.
1: Uh, the one I never know how to pronounce that Johnny uh, Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, I actually really like Johnny Mnemonic. So he basically critics hated this. They film. they should have done. But this is one of those films that actually makes more sense now. So he's a courier of information. Mm. The graphics, like he goes inside the internet. So they're all things that we kind of do now, virtual reality. But he travels in the internet. There's like a like a, the idea is what it takes elements from like Robocop three and there's a Japanese business. They're trying to control stuff, trying to get the information in his head that he's transporting, but obviously he's lost part of his own memory because the information that he's taken is so like complex. It's kind of taken over his memories. Mm. It's actually a really good film way before it's time to the point. I actually do what it's one of these films that this was a BBC one Saturday, like 20 past midnight after match of the day. (laughs) No one was watching it. This is when I would steal a, steal a quick job. I like it. I think it's more of a court film. I think people nowadays like it more than they did back then.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's got Dolph Lundgren
1: in it. And ah, I, nice tea. I'm well aware.
0: Uh, those you know, it's, it's Nicolas Cage. It's, um, you know, it's it's the accuser. It, it's Dolph Lundgren. I, it, somehow it doesn't work. It doesn't work. This, this is also the time when um, Keanu Reeves and Val Kilmer were going head to head for roles. So Val Kilmer signed on to this film. Jesus. Then he bailed to do Batman and Robin. I don't know who wins. And I think, and I could get this wrong, but it, uh, Keanu Reeves was signed up to do heat and then bailed to do speed or whatever it was. And then I think if you look at those two Val decisions, did, Val wins. Val wins. Yeah, yeah. You
1: bastard, Valkyra.
0: Uh, walk in the clouds, but then chain
1: reaction. Oh, I love Chain Reaction.
0: Chain Reaction is is uh, the film that for the longest time I could I was like, what's the film that floods at the end? And I couldn't think of it for ages. Is it
1: because it's got Morgan Freeman in it? And, and then you always get Morgan confused. Freeman. And you go, hey, what's that one that he did with a town that's underwater as well? He plays a villain as well. And you're like, what is that? Hard Rain. Hard Rain. That's the one I keep getting. <laughs> that's mixed what up I mean. With. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. fucking love Hard Rain. what I love about that is he does a deal with Christy Slater at the end. I know we're talking about a different film. He does a deal at the end. He's like, no, I'll let you go but do you don't steal any money. So he starts rowing away in a boat and then he just grabs some money off the side. It's like, you... <laughs> 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 like, yeah, you get
0: paid Morgan Freeman. Hard Rain. That film for the longest time I was like, I'm, I've made it up. I've made this film up because I can't think of it. What um... was your,
1: what's most unbelievable bit? That the, that the village goes underwater water? someone tries to steal money or the fact of fucking Randy Quaid's randomly in that film. Andy Quaid. Sorry. got off topic. No, Chain Reaction. Two
0: researchers in a green alternative energy project are put on the run when they're framed for murder and treason. Obviously. Yeah, so that's more confrontational now, isn't it? Chain Reaction while well, looking at the cinema, uh, look at the poster, it's very Demolition Man looking. Yeah, just like two faces, isn't it? Just having a look. Yeah, and it's just the font as well. It's just very, uh, yeah. Chain Reaction is one of them movies that I think was just, sort of, again... Late night, 1am, mm. 2 in the morning, you know, all, all through the night. Shame reaction. you find it
1: somewhere. I think the problem is a bit forgettable.
0: I think as we go towards the back end of the 90s, just conscious of the length of this episode,
1: the just some hits
0: now start coming
1: out. Mm. Devil's advocate. I loved it. We've talked about this very recently. I think he was the perfect foil for Al Pacino. I think he's, I know i have been horrible here, he doesn't emote that much, which probably plays perfectly into the character when you've got Al Pacino so over the top as a devil who owns a law film. They were perfect for each other. Randomly, very good film. And never forget Charlie's Theron. Brilliant. Yeah. I was gonna say Charles Theron is is excellent in this film.
0: Mm-hmm. I think if you look at them them three that three oh Connie Nelson was in it as well. But if you look at Charles Ferron, Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino, I would watch them in any yeah combination of movies I think that I mean you're right it's so weird isn't it that Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino, how well they work together in this film how well they complement the roles
1: yeah
0: I think it goes up there with some of the 90s and 80s great pairings in, in cinema Um yeah yeah I like I like Devil's Advocate it's one of them that I keep wanting to rewatch but I've just you know in a time when you've got so much on Netflix and such a backlog of things to watch and I'm still, you still cracking Ozark, on with Ozark right? yeah exactly that um yeah, I just, I just haven't had the time, but I really, really do want to go back and watch it.
1: Obviously then in 1999, the huge Matrix. Probably, probably like changed his career, changed the direction of action films. We talked about this, where we talked about 1999. The Matrix, even if you like it, even if you love it, even if you hate it, it changed how we make action films. Mm. They weren't corny. This was desolate. This was, they changed that action films could have like a genuinely interesting sci-fi based story, C- create action that was never seen before. Yeah. Change how we filmed, you know, it changed how audiences interpreted and reacted with this type of film. It changed the action genre. And if you look now as well, in terms
0: of uh, salary, you know, three grand for being in Youngblood, uh, 1.2 million for being in Speed, 2 million for being in Johnny and the Manic, uh, Eight million for Devil's Advocate, taking a two pay cut to get an Gino. Now we're in the Matrix territory. Ten million plus ten percent of gross. And do you know that he got
1: motherfucker got paid.
0: Yeah, yeah. By the time we got to the Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, fifteen million with fifteen percent of the gross. And so they are sure. going to be successes, aren't they? Yeah. Based off the you know the first one. Um, we'll get to them because their time will come, but we have done a Matrix episode at some point. But you're right. I mean. In, in terms of what's your favorite Carter Reeves movie, it's going to be a toss-up. Really, Speed, Matrix,
1: John Wick—they're kind of the big hitters, I think. Point yeah. Break. I, if I went for an actiony, if I wanted for a more dramatic film, controversial, I would go Devil's Advocate. Maybe like three up there with a different kind of generational role. I'd probably go Bill and Ted because it's iconic. No matter what you say about Bill and Ted, it's an iconic film, mm. which is you know different. And then and then basically he rechanged the action genre again when it came up with John Wick. So. Going
0: into the two thousands, we talked about this at the start of this section. The replacements, the Gene Hatman, Keanu Reeves movie about American football. Again, I've seen this once. This is about the uh, the the strike, isn't it? So they bring in the 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 backline team, yeah. Yeah.
1: And Keanu Reeves obviously um, bring the legendary coach, which is Gene Hatman, and and then obviously get these different. I like the replacements. Does it, you know, does it change the game? No. It's is it watchable? Yeah, it's good. It's right. It's got this, oh God, I can't remember that. I'm sure it's got John Favreau in it as well. It does, it has uh, Orlando Jones in it.
0: An Orlando, an Orlando Jones sign. An Orlando Jones sign. If you don't know, do your homework because he's in one of the funniest movies of all time Evolution. Evolution, mate. Uh, it was also in The Time Machine, but we were not talking talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, John Favreau, yeah. It's, uh, I, the, the, oh, it's an
1: American football movie. I mean, they, you know, damn it doesn't. Yeah. It's not a baseball film, which, which <laughs> it, you know, in one time, Baseball films are the best American sports films. They are. In fact, I think they might be the best sports films. And I fucking hate baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so have you seen the
0: movie um, The Watcher in 2000?
1: I believe I have James seen James Spader
0: and Keanu Reeves this time donning the uh, the villainous role. Uh, Ernie Hudson's in it as well. And Marissa
1: Tume. I have seen it. Can't remember that much about it.
0: Yeah. So, um, th- so this is the movie that this, uh, Keanu Reeves says in interviews he didn't sign up for. Someone yes. from the studio signed, signed his, his name. name. Yeah, and then he didn't want the lawsuit of trying to get out of it. So then, because he's, he's already
1: screwed with Fox for jumping out of that. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> but but I mean, still like you know, fucking hell, that's a big thing to go go with. not it, he's like, oh, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Um, different yeah. though, different role for him.
1: Yeah, and again, James Spader can't can't. I love James. Spader. I love James Denial, Spader's yeah. voice. I think if you're creating the perfect actor, James Spader's voice, James James Spader's voice must be in contention with John Hamm's chin. <laughs> sorry, just fancy me relating a lot of people in my head now. Denzel Washington's eyes. Uh, the gift. Oh, I not seen it. Sorry. Yeah, I,
0: I I looked at this one on IMDb, and I was like, I can't remember. It's Sam Raimi movie. Um, oh,
1: that should have been good then.
0: And then obviously we go we go through uh, hardball, but and then the Animatrix, which I know you've seen, which I haven't.
1: Yeah, I like the Animatrix. And then Ma- Matrix
0: Reloaded. It's a shame. Enter the Matrix video game. It's not very good. And then the Matrix Revolution. Yeah, you
1: killed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did. Don't worry. In a couple of years, you'll kill it
0: again. <laughs> I did watch an interview with with uh, kind of Connery, where he he kind of comes out saying. Um,
1: they ever saturated the Rome genre.
0: Yeah. And the interviewer kind of calls him on it and says, Oh, you know, I've never been as let down as the sequ- the sequels to The Matrix because the first one was like so cool. And Crowley doesn't shy away from it. He's like, I hear that and I hear that from other people as well. And, you know, I'm sorry. But, and he kind of goes on this uh, talk about being hired to, to, to help the director with their vision, and yeah. his, and he knows his role within that, and even if he has a personal kind of preference, how he thinks the story should go, that's not always. Yeah, he knows so. what he's, he knows what his role is, and and I thought Do you know what, he could have dodged that question, could have um, rocked it, he could have been like, "That's the greatest film
1: ever," yeah, he, and then he, be like, "No nah, shit, give it
0: time, give it time," it just it's just it hasn't caught on
1: yet. You are coming to one of my under my favorite underrated films, by the way, which is a, a film I think we'll both disagree on. So he's got to give. No, idea, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> That's the Jack Nicholson one with yeah, it, it, it's Diane right. Keaton. It's weird that he's in that because <laughs> he's not, yeah. Is it? Is it, do, is it though? Because is
0: it a chance to It's with Jack Nicholson and Diane
1: Keaton? Diane Keaton. is phenomenal. I really like Diane Keaton. I think you're wanting to go to Constantine. I fucking love Constantine. 2005. Right. So there's this thing that people say that, you know, like you different cast. Now this would never happen, but I remember when Keanu Reeves was cast Constantine, people didn't like it because Constantine was blonde hair. But I I watched that film. Very rarely do people get religion action ever correct. And I think it's a really cool subset of films that people, you you know, it doesn't always work. I remember Legion as well with Paul Bethany. I liked that as well. I thought that was good. But this one, based on a comic book, even from the beginning, the idea that he's dying from cancer, he's trying to get into heaven. You've got, Tilda Swinton as basically the knobhead angel <laughs> and it's got one of my favorite versions of the devil up there with Pete Gabriel, mate, with fucking Peter Stomare comes down like a second-hand car salesman, like oozing black. He's like the only sell. It's actually a really good story. Do you know what? I really like Constantine and they've been talking about sequels and teasing it. And it's, do you know what? It's at the time when um, Shia Booth was getting on everyone's nerves. He mm. was annoying. It works. Everything in this film works with Rachel Vice. Brilliant. Everyone in this film is actually very good. And I've got to admit, I like the transition to hell. Like, you know, he drowns a cat, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head, but like he walks through hell, like this LA that's nuclear fallout, trying to grab a piece of paper from Rachel Vice's twin sisters killed us. The storyline, mate, is actually very good. I think it's very good. I I think it's one of my underrated, or probably I would say, do you know what, I changed my mind. Probably this is my number three. I really like Constantine and I, it was different. It was different for films as well. I've never really seen religion taken on this type of way. Um, the scene where the guy dies uh, and there's angels and demons, like the devil's on your shoulders. That, it's actually a really good film. I, I really like it. I think he's underrated. It's gym. dark. It's very dark. Do you do you
0: think now, nowadays, uh, you know, with all the post-credit scenes in MCU, you bring in Keanu Reeves as Constantine?
1: Mate, I, why not? It would what, just yes.
0: destroy the cinema, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, just just oh yes, a thousand times yes.
0: Again, I don't even know if it's MCU. I know it's, it's based on a graphic novel. I think novel, it might but... be DC actually, because I'm sure know.
1: there's a new Constantine. And is it the Heroes of Tomorrow? I don't know. It do not really matter. I don't know. All I, right, well, Justice League then. Brilliant. Either either way, I yeah. For me, I love Constantine. Underrated gem. I love it. I think it's brilliant. Uh, this is my opinion. I don't know if he's not winning awards. I I personally like it.
0: I think Constantine's in my top three. Maybe yeah. I'm gonna go with top three. Do you know what? Now, if if you sat me down, I'd watch that over Matrix.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think would yeah. Yeah. The problem with the Matrix is, and this isn't a dig. He's perfect. They they had two visions of the Matrix. Someone who's numbed by the system. He literally he's grown tired of the system, so he doesn't emote that much. But Roger, that was gonna be Will Smith. So Will Smith would be like high jinxing and laughing and talking but Keanu Reeves was actually the perfect actor because of his ability to not emote. Yeah. So his greatest acting in that is he, he doesn't emote. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't act. He's brilliant. Um, I tell you mm. a really artistic film. Mm-hmm. A Scanner Dark. Loved it. I again, really liked this, but then again, it was a kid. I was into really starting to get into films and visually it's amazing. And I think it was one of the first times I'd seen Robert. <clears throat> Dan Jr. Robert Downey Jr. After his fall from grace, because this was a time when he was getting drunk and stuff. Um, but what a good film. What an idea for a film is brilliant, it's different. And like that changing mask that they all kind of wear as well. Mm. Ooh, it's freaky. Keanu, um, Woody Harrison in this as well looks like
0: the character he goes on to play in The Hunger Games. <laughs> you know I mean? He looks like Hamish in The Hunger Games just years before that film was... Well, that book was probably even written. I don't even remember that. Oh, yeah, he's got, the, he's got the blonde floppy hair. I, I love this film. I remember when it came out, I was like, this is the best thing I've seen Like in terms of the effects. And, and then everyone from fucking Lincoln Park videos were using this, this look. Um, but I thought it was really good. It's definitely a movie to go back to if you watched it and didn't really get it or didn't really pay attention to it. Um, I'd love to rewatch that. There is a, a, a film that reunites two titans of the cinematic world, and that's Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves reappearing in the, the, the lake house in a film where- Nothing happens. <laughs> I, I still don't 100% get the ending. I, I, I saw this at the cinema. I don't even get the premise, mate.
1: They're in different time zones. Is, we're able to send know, letters I, to each God, other. God, I'm not going mental. It's, right? it's, but what, what I don't understand is like, when you go here? I think it takes the whole film for them to do that. I I don't even remember the ending. I just remember... This. Just, I just remember, like, give her your phone number.
0: Sort it out. <laughs> so the, yeah, they're in different timelines. Yeah, and she, the a relationship lives, by
1: love letters. She lives in his house before he lived in it. Or the other <laughs> way around. Something like that. I don't know.
0: But I just... This going to sound really weird. I remember one of them drawing a line because it's like a wooden bridge. The lake house literally sits on the lake, doesn't it? With, like, this bridge that joins. And I remember one of them draws a line and then turns around and when he looks back kind of just stood there. And I'm like, I don't get how that's happened. Because she- he drew a line. Maybe we need
1: to do this for our 200th episode. Maybe I'm just saying, I'm just saying maybe it's sweet three. The lake house can't go over a mile an hour.
0: (laughs) Man. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves getting back together for the lake house in a film that is infinitely like the early 2000s, like their haircut, like the use of gel in in Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves hair. Um, Yeah. I saw this at cinema, dude. (laughs) Not good days. Not Not good. Um, the day
1: the earth stood still chip film and he changed this from the original didn't they? Yeah. This is bad. This is a cinematic murder. <laughs> take out an original and shoot it in the head. And he's the observer. Again, he's supposed to be emotionless at some point. Wouldn't you like take that person? It's like, Oh, what do you want me to do? Can you be in the motionless alien watcher, please? And take no part. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But you look at it and it, you know, you, you're like Keanu Reeves, Jennifer Connelly, Kathy
0: Bates, John Hamm, John Cleese, Cal Chandler,
1: Fucking Jaden Smith. <laughs> I, I did you know what's really funny? Is that I just admitted I just said there, no one he doesn't emote in this film. Then you mentioned Jennifer connelly doesn't emote. Who else did you say? John Ham. All right, I'll give you a Carl but Chandler, Carl Chandler, famous for not emoting ever. Yeah, <laughs> even in Godzilla, he didn't emote. <laughs> <I love> the- <laughs> There's a fucking mega fr- dinosaur in it. What I love the fact is he must be like really professional because on Friday Night Lights, he's amazing, he's really good. But in my head, the only thing I can think of is it was so absurd when he was brought in that they waved the dinosaur in his face to get it to emotion. It was like pretend this is really here, and he's mm-hmm. like,
0: "Oh no, a dinosaur!" I uh, I remember the original Day of the Earth, so still and it, and it and it and it it brings it to the point where they stop. You know, mm. all all electrical power and energy stops. You know, and that's the that's the you know after after the Watcher character, the alien is interrogated and, and uh, attacked. That's the, that's the payback. Yeah. You know, in this fucking end of the world kind of (laughs) shit. You know what I mean? It's like the, the Americans just like, it's like it's 2000s. Smith is destroying the earth. Bruce Willis is, we need to go big or go home. And I remember rewatching this going, this isn't like the fucking original (laughs) at all. It kind of like took the premise 11, and then just mate? ran with it yeah. and and ran it off a cliff. Yeah, it's a shit film. It's not good at all, was it? <laughs> I, really I was really disappointed with uh, with Delius still. Don't worry, there's worse. is replica? He did he do replicas as well? Fucking <laughs> replicas. I can't remember that movie. <laughs> I'm sure it's about to come up. Um. So then we had. Uh, I think his directorial debut was The Man of Tai Chi in uh, 2013. Not seen. It. I did read that was his directorial debut. There was uh, 47 Ronin.
1: I. It's a weird film. It's 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 okay, it's all right. Visually, I quite like this movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's got a good cast as well. But I don't, I don't like the idea when they always have to shoo in. Like, why is this American <laughs> with his American accent in this feudal Japanese society? But
0: again, this was the thing, wasn't it? It's, it's something obviously at the time. With yeah, because Last that, Samurai. That's literally and, the point and, I was gonna make.
1: They did exactly the same thing with Last Samurai.
0: Yeah, well, look at look at the Great War movie. They're still doing it now, I suppose. You know, like oh, Jim, we forgot
1: I existed. Yeah,
0: whitewashing kind of uh, Asian cinema. But yeah, so it's a movie about the Great Wall. Like, like oh, China's really, thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like China has things. Yeah, you know, like oh, I, I D's. <laughs> And William Dafoe, fuck it.
1: For- it- Jennifer Connolly. Yeah. get them all in.
0: And it wasn't to keep people in, James. It was keep throwing it out. Fuck yeah. it. I bet, I'm-
1: it's like, like Matt Damon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Killing I- about your fucking film. I just hope. I just hope they have to. They have to go on a press tour and apologise for that film.
1: Yeah. Did you? Do you know what? I remember, I've reviewed it for this. I've reviewed it for this podcast. I didn't realize you went and seen it. It's bad, isn't it? What? Great War? Yeah. No, probably- it's terrible.
0: That is. That is in my. I'm not going to say top 10 worst films, but it is up there with, I remember seeing it at the cinema and being like, what is this shit? It's bad.
1: Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Let's go into 2014 Then John Wick. Eh, Game changer. It's stylistic. Brilliant. And weirdly, the storyline is one of the simplest storylines you'll ever need. Love it. Love a simple storyline. It doesn't need storyline, this film. And the world that builds up around it is phenomenal. Yeah. Like the idea of like the hotel, certain things. The biggest, the best introduction to a character ever is when the son is, uh, when the dad's talking to his son going, you fucked up. And Keanu Reeves is smashing his sledgehammer. because oh, yeah. he's, he's literally buried his guns yeah. in concrete. You Li- kill-
0: What a metaphor, that yeah, whole exactly.
1: scene. And you killed his fucking dog. And yeah. he's basically like, you're oh, fucked, son, I'll seize you later. Yeah. Alfie
0: <laughs> Allen, obviously off the back of Game of Thrones success. Yeah. Um, I love this. So simple. Two, the directors, uh, Chad Zielinski and David Litchie were the two stunt chore- choreographers for The Matrix. Um, yeah, what a what a film that this was! I remember that it, that there was mumblings that this film was coming out and that it was a game changer for the action genre. And much like movies like Taken, that they were just coming out at that time, that were like it's just violent, but it's entertainment yeah. violence uh, versus kind of like gore or or violent for the sake of being
1: violent. There's and then uh, also. Sorry, mate, I've been trying to say the, the, It carries on and the, the thing it does best is it builds a story that effortlessly then you can fit sequels into. Like the whole thing about the hotel, like solid uh, sacred ground. Then there's that hit woman who basically kind of tries to betray it. And she's like shunned by everyone. You know, like she there's a hit out on her. It's a lot like that sort of world building that it doesn't sit you down and hold your hand like a film like The Highlander does. It was like, Mm. these are the rules of the immortals. This is what must happen. In this, it's just like, yeah, you can't do that here. Move on. Mm. Um, You've got great seizures. Like, we know, we call him the ghost. They call him the, I can't remember the name they give us. A really cool. It was like UBE. Um, So it's all built up. The character behind him is like, you know, he wanted out. So I gave him an impossible task. And he completely, it basically builds up everything. And all you see him doing is driving a car or like, oh, he is very good. And the sequels fit in so perfectly. Like the bit, I think it's in the second or the third one, where there's a fight with two henchmen and they are, he earns their respects, we let them live. Mm. Shit like that, it builds your character and you don't have to have your hand held and gone, this is the story. He has let them live because he respects them.
0: Yeah, I think the, um, the, what I really liked about it as well is it's, it's simple premises it's and it's a horrible I I, I had I didn't see it in the cinema when it I saw it, the moment it came out on uh, I think it was Sky right. sat around home with a friend who I knew would like this movie and I was like but we have to get over something very sad that happens at the beginning mm. and I and he was like what and I was like do you want to spoil it I was like, he yeah. was like a dog dies at the beginning of the film mm. and he was like oh, fucking hell. I said like, but, but trust me you're going to love this movie because I've heard it's great and I know the movies you like I think you're going to love it by the end of it, buzzing. It's like, oh, that feels so good. I feel bad for the dog, but everything else about the movie was the, good. The thing is, it's not the dog's death, it's the dog crossed him before it dies. Oh, yeah. That's the heart rate. Yeah. And I like it as well because it's about the car, isn't it? The letter that was in yeah. the car. And it just has that, like, at the very end, it has that, just that little bit extra where you're like, oh, that's so good. That is so good. And
1: I think it's a really good premise because you own a dog, I own a dog. If anything were to hurt your dog, you would kill people. For that. <laughs> it's really, it's, it captures it perfectly. And you and I aren't hit, man, so <laughs> much if we Wait, were <laughs> How do you
0: know? <gasps> uh, then there's uh, two movies, I believe, back to back with Anna De Armas. One being Exposed.
1: I've uh, not seen it. And the other one being, oh, what was it called? Not Knock. Not knock. Knock, knock. Is that the one where there's a knock on his door yep. and it's two strange ladies? Yep. Off River Threesome. Yep. Uh, he, he's married or he's taken the time he's He's a bit hesitant but at the same time he's like nah let's get this." and then it turns out they tie him up and torture him yeah pretty much Uh, as premise goes it's one of the scariest things in the world it's something with like it's like hard candy it's like the victim is sorry the threat is used to be the victim like the role reversal Mm. it is i remember watching it thinking they've got a scary premise in here they didn't they didn't dial up the horror as much as they could have done it's more tortury that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Hard, Hard is probably a good comparison. I, Hard
0: Candy was the better. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, this is a Eli Roth movie, which I, you know yeah, you could tell. Um, but yeah, I think Anna Diarmas was was great in it. It's also uh, Lorenzo Izzo as well. But Keanu Reeves, it, it it's kind of a different. Uh, you know, you it at, 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 at the point of his career. I remember watching this at half through the movie, thinking I probably want to put Keanu Reeves in this film. It's yeah. quite interesting that he's taken it. Um, again different yeah and two endings as well the film was shot with two endings so you got a different one depending on what cinema you went to oh I did not know that
1: mm. I think I just saw it on
0: Sky it's now on Netflix maybe I that's think. what I've seen yeah. it's, just, it's not, not been long out oh, on, uh, then, Netflix.
1: no I saw it a while ago but I do remember thinking it was, it, I remember watching this thinking there's hard candy
0: vibes here then uh, Keanu I don't know if you've seen that The uh, we were talking about uh, Key and Peel earlier Is that the cat? The cat, yeah. So Keanu does the voice of Keanu. I did not know that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But then there's a couple of uh, fillers, I guess, in this, because it was obviously in the um, SpongeBob movie. Obviously. You
1: know. This is, to be honest, this is really weird. He's probably at the height of his popularity. He died, he, in the 90s, I would say mid-90s, he was there. He dipped off. Macy's brought him back. But I would say he's the most popular he's ever been now. When, when, I know you don't like, you and I like different video games. He's in the trailer. He was in the trailer for a game that already had so much hype. The Cyberpunk one. The Cyberpunk. And when he showed up in the trailer, people were going nuts. But what's what's weird about that is, is there's really no need for you to get hyped. It's not as if like he designed the game. That's not what... So he he has transitioned mediums as well now. Mm. And then he did a lot of sequ- uh, not sequels. Didn't he do a lot of cameos in TV series? Like, I'm sure there was that thing going around, like the meme where he's talking to there's a couple that split up and she's now dating him and he's trying to, it's like cannabis, but he's a really nice guy. So he, he's now like, he's now so a list. He drops in effortlessly into these type of things. I think he cameos in a Peter Stormare TV show Obviously as well. That's what it is, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it
0: was then in neon demon, which I didn't see. I really wanted to see It's the, uh, Ellie Fanning, um, one about the, the fashion industry. Um, I think he's got a small part in that movie and then, a really weird movie which I've talked about no end of times in the, on this podcast and um it, it's a movie that's I wouldn't say it was amazing but it was certainly I will remember it for the rest of my time and that's The Bad Batch the movie that um, yeah, has like, elements it. of cannibalism Mate, Jim, you always talk about this yeah, right? yeah. Jim Carrey's in it randomly it's got uh, Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa in it it's got Giovanni <laughs> Robbinsi in it Um yeah and Carrey's Reese is in it as The Dream Um but yeah that, that's such a weird movie that it's one of them I liked it. I enjoyed it. It felt long. It felt that it started in one angle and then very like prominently changed the course of where the movie was going. Yeah, Interesting, different goes back to that comment about, would you rather watch someone do the same shit all the time or or see someone do something differently? Certainly was different, but was it good? I don't know. I I probably just have to rewatch it and and actually understand if I, if I thought it was great or. All right. Yeah. All right.
1: Um, Siberia. Yeah replicas there you go uh, it's a shit film it's, it's probably his worst which film. which
0: one's replicas
1: um it's a film he, he's in it twice i believe he's de-aged as well right it's a crap film i, I, I try, genuinely i remember watching it, trying to purge my memory of it one of the worst films i'd ever seen. i don't even think i finished it it was that bad i think i got 40 minutes into it obviously got john wick two and three uh toy story four duke kaboom mate yeah i mean stitches in that fourth movie a film St- scene stealer he was genuinely the best there. Yeah. He is probably, if you think about it, he's probably at his top now. He's peak performance right now. He is the man. Mm. Yeah, I love
0: that movie. I love that as the um, the Canadian stunt driver who's um, lost his lost his uh, his adrenaline or whatever, or his, his courage. And uh, I just love all those scenes where he's like modelling next to the bike. You know, <laughs> it's just so funny. I, I, mate, I love Toy Story 4. I love all the Toy Story movies. Yeah, they are pretty good. It's a good addition. Bill and Ted Face the Music coming back in 2020 yeah, it was a film that, that like, it, it it kind of generated a cult cool following. There was a script that would bounce around forever. The people kept interviewing him about it. Um, it was like, it was happening. It wasn't happening. Alex Winters was on board Then Keanu was. Then it, was it was like, it was a, st- a scheduling Alan thing.
1: Adam was always involved. It's <laughs> like, so what else is he doing? It <laughs> was signed up from like the day after the sequel <laughs> from, the, from the early nineties has been ready.
0: Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and it finally came along and I'll admit that the storyline was, was rubbish, yeah. uh, but it was thoroughly enjoyable because it was in that time, it was, you know, COVID there was like that bit breaking where we could go back to the cinemas. We you needed a pick me up, you know, you needed a bit of nostalgia. I don't like my Keanu, cre- um, uh, clean shaven. I'll be honest. I like a bit of stubble on my, stubble? my Keanu. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he he has aged when you take that stubble away. Ah, that's a good shot. Yeah, I can see that. But he does slip back into that role, and 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 it was it wasn't so much a parody to the 80s and the 90s movie. It did feel like a continuation of those characters. It was good to pick up where they're up to in the, in their timeline, and it went back and played on a lot of things that I love about you know it had like obviously it was, it's laced together with a love and passion for music and rock and metal music, and you get some great cameos in in this film. So it had enough to be entertaining it it didn't need the ending though like the ending is just so ridiculously over the top like most sequels or if you get to the third movie it has to be you yeah know, absolutely ridiculous um you know but it it did uh, it, it it was a welcoming two hour and a half two hours in the cinema in a very unpleasant time in the last well in my whole life you know covid Ooh. was a horrible time it was um, yeah, and then obviously we had the Matrix Resurrections, which we talked about in our Matrix episode, um, a, a little while back. Which again had uh, that that to me was more what I thought Bill and Ted was going to be. Well, shit. well, that and <laughs> also just <laughs> a, give a victory lap of all the things you loved and anything new that they've added being like, oh, that's pretty pointless. Oh, I really hate the Matrix,
1: whatever the last one called, Revelations it is terrible. Resurrections, I resurrections. Think there's a few things I oh, like no. to it. No, I disagree 100% disagree.
0: No, no, I mean, I mean things like um, Carrie-Anne Moss I thought was badass. She was when she's in it. Yeah, I thought uh Ihab Abdul-Manteen as the new Morpheus was cool. He's cool, but like the whole like story behind this a bit shit. Well, you don't remember Morpheus. Like you open your dice. Yeah. <laughs> Christina Ricci in, in that scene, yeah. the big comeback. I'll tell you what, who did like um, Agent Smith? Jonathan Groff. do oh, no, jo- you want to you about Jonathan Groff, mate? I'm absolutely loving Jonathan Groff. Yeah, was he in Mindhunters? Was that the show
1: that he's big shot? Possibly. All they like, got at the minute. After two seasons, at whatever. the minute, the only thing I know because he was obviously in the original cast of uh, Hamilton. Yeah, and he plays like King, King, George. King George. I absolutely love King George. His songs are brilliant. Um, yeah, mm. that, that, that's what I mean. There's there's a few things to no,
0: to I keep guess, me going. Nah, no, I, there's I a, don't get me wrong. Much better film in there.
1: Yeah, much it's better. Called, film. It's
0: called the Matrix. They
1: nine, no, no, no. But, do you, know,
0: but do you know, like, like, you know, I mean, like, if there's a film. Where it didn't go into all the kind of going back to see Jada Pinkett Smith and all that kind of stuff. And it was just oh, it, 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 was, it was just him like, shit, like, is it all in my head? Like, did did I actually save the fucking world? You know, like, am I just a computer programmer? I, I think this there's, there's so much better in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up, we have um Super Pets, where he play he does the voice of Batman.
1: That's gonna be pretty cool because he's got the rock, the rock and stuff. That's going to be pretty cool. I'm going to, I'm really interested to see how they interact. And then obviously, Rock can't do anything about Kevin Hart. So add him in there. Hey, yeah, but I'm not looking forward to that. And, and then John Wick, my only problem with John Wick is, two John Wicks. we've got four and That's five. what I mean. He's, oh, I don't, things should know how to end. And I, this is one of the things that, I, will this film series ever end? We keep going. Yeah. But
0: then the Berserker is the uh, pre-production, which I think he wrote the comic book of. Oh, that'd be interesting. The Berserker is an adaptation from a, a comic book that he, uh, I think he, he he had some of the hand in writing.
1: So I think it's fair to say that Keanu Reeves, one of the nicest men in Hollywood, who sometimes when he gets the right role is perfectly cast. No one, some of his iconic roles, you could say, could not be played by anyone else. However, as filmography go, probably one of the weakest ones that we've seen. But that's not taken away from his, let's be honest, frankly, amazing career. Consistently there for over 40 years. Top three for me, probably, I've talked myself into it, Constantine, John Wick, and then Speed. I agree. I think they are the top three. I think Constantine is probably, if, if you're looking for an underrated gem. if you've never seen Constantine, it's in the early 2000s, it's in like the mid-2000s, so the, the comic, uh, sorry, CGI is just enough. It's not laughable. The storyline's quite fun. You get great supporting characters. Uh, John Wick, any one of them, to be honest, they're, they're one continuation of a great storyline. It's s- slick, swell. It's one of the best. Uh, is it the best world building done very quickly as well? Like You know where you wind up well, very quickly about something. To it. it's, it's up there for me with that Jodie Foster and Dave Batista film, you know, where she runs Hotel Artemis. Hotel Artemis, which I thought was probably the second best oh,
0: the, the, the only, the only, downside to me was the third John Wick, which is the, the, the fact that in the opening sequence, apparently everyone is an assassin. Oh, I don't like, Even it. the homeless, you know, and, and, and oh, that, uh, yeah. A in shout. the beginning of that movie, you're like, oh shit, so now everyone is an assassin all of a sudden. That's a bit shit actually. But, but I do, like you say, I think the world building elements to it is great. They give you a little bit more each movie. Um, I, like, I hope that they do the TV show in the in the hotel as well, the Continental. I think that'll be brilliant.
1: And number one, Speed is probably the—I'm not joking—one of the best action films. It's a '90s action film. There's no—it's over the top. Mm. It's boisterous. It's brimming with action, like to the point that you could be quite exhausted watching it. And you've got great Sandra Bullock in there, Dennis Hopper. You've got a great supporting cast, and you've got Keanu Reeves doing mental shit mm.
0: on a well, bus I'm, I'm going actually. I'm going Speed. John Wick and I'm going point blank, I think. Yeah, point blank. Not I think that. subbing out uh, Constantine. I do like Constantine and Matrix, obviously, coming up the rear. Um, there's some good films in there. They're really, yeah. really good filmography and, and a st- <laughs> stunning chap um yeah really excited to see what movies he does uh as he continues but that is our little section on john wick do those uh, on john wick on um keanu reeves so let us know if we got it right got it wrong if there's any movies as always uh that no, yeah. we've missed on his list uh do let us know we if there's pre- one that we're
1: missing and we, we will have missed them because remy got in touch and said that we missed one obviously on the jim carrey one that the majestic which we should have seen which i can't find anywhere remy i'm trying to
0: watch it <laughs> Um, so we are an hour and 20 minutes in, so we're going to do Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is the next installation of the MCU. We'll start by keeping it, um, uh, you know, no spoilers, but there are a few things I want to talk about. So we'll yeah. give you a very clear warning before we do that. Um, but if you haven't seen it or thinking about watching it, this is the continuation of the Dr. Strange character played by, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, obviously we have returning cast in Benedict Wong, we have Rachel McAdams coming back, Um, and of course Elizabeth Olsen reprising the role as Wanda. So the film takes place with a Doctor Strange who is moving on with his life, rebuilding, haunted by nightmares, visions, things of uh, another world, or a, or are they completely fictitious? He doesn't know, he doesn't understand. Um, his love of his life as well is moving on. So the Rachel McAdams character- Do you know um, what? I
1: really liked that. Christine. She hasn't spent five years blipped out. Mm. She's lived a life. And what, I've, what I always irritated me was- I'm really sorry. I've interrupted oh, you yeah, well early. Is that every, you know, when you saw Spider-Man, every, all the main characters keep them the same age. They all yeah. blipped out five years. She didn't blip out. So for five years, she got on with her life. Yeah. i really liked that. <laughs> she's moved on. She's
0: marrying. Doctor Strange uh, is a guest. Uh, Stephen Strange is a guest at the wedding. And then as all Marvel films do, uh, all hell breaks loose when a new character into the universe uh, appears. That is um, America Chavez played by to coachy gomez let's go with that i think that's right i apologize if i've said her name incorrectly who is has a very new ability which we'll talk about in a few moments and she's been chased by a big eye monster yeah you might I, have seen in the trailers
1: octopus eyes he's got he's got tentacles he's got tentacles
0: and, and and eyes so yeah an, it's an itopus itopus there you go and Doctor trademark Strange is uh is is wrapped up into a new adventure uh trying to support and to help this uh this individual the story then evolves where we introduce um, Wanda back into the frame. Disney lied to us in saying that you didn't need to watch WandaVision to to be able to continue with the MCU, which is a blatant lie because you really need to have seen WandaVision to be able to get uh, anything yeah, that happens. Yep. Wanda's motivations here: she's obviously distressed, she's distraught, she has lost her children, and is she behind the uh, the attempts on the lives of this new character, America, um, who has the ability to be able to jump universes, yeah, transverse the multiverse. Whatever the hell that means. And is Doctor Strange somehow connected? Are those dreams they were having actual dreams or were they visions of alternative realities? And then we get this uh, adventure movie shot over two hours, which sees Doctor Strange and America and Wong in, in part um, traveling through the different universes. All sorts of hijinks ensue as Wanda is hot on their tail, trying to steal the power so that she can move worlds and be reunited with her children. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that's the, that's the motive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um Cool. So, what do you think of this movie? First off, I'm going to lead in. Sam Raimi, take a bow.
1: Yeah, it's really nice to see Sam Raimi. Basically, obviously, probably famous. He's not more famous, but nowadays you know him. You just see Spider Man. You probably rewatched all of his Spider Man versions. But obviously, he's a horror master. Yeah, Evil Dead, man. Yeah, evil Dead. Where I'm going first. It's, that's where I go first. But I'm just saying, modern audiences now probably you see a master at play here, and something happened in Phase Two of Marvel. So when you look at the Marvels, the first set of Marvels, they were building up a universe. Everyone loved them. Mm. Phase two of Marvel was shit. I'm just saying that when they put it there, it wasn't very good. Um, Everything was a bit of a letdown. Iron Man 3, Thor 2, it wasn't great. In the third phase they gave people like Taika Waititi, they, they took a shot was like, do your film. They probably gave them those. It's like, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, but make your film. Mm. And the person who's benefited most from that is in phase four. Sam Raimi's given you a film that is contextually a horror film that in parts of it will make you piss yourself in fear and is not a film you're expecting, especially a 12 A. Yeah. So Sam, I agree with you. Sam Raimi brings out a film that was unexpected. It's not your high jinxy movie. It's a, put your head under the cushion because he's going to go down. If you if you remember the scene in Spider-Man 2 when Doc Ock's
0: on the operating table and his tentacle arms come to life and kill all the surgeons yeah. trying to remove it. Imagine that couple of minutes that frighten children in the beautiful, bright uh, Spider-Man movie. Now take that over two hours <laughs> including zombie Doctor Strange.
1: Uh, murder. Murder, yeah. <laughs> d- blood jump, and all sorts jump, of stuff. Jump terrors are genuinely like horrific performances like that are designed to unair you. Yeah. Um, I think, I thought this, so here's, here's a few things with this is I think, I think the,
0: the main victory in this is Elizabeth Olsen. I think she needs to really take a step back and, and just receive all the, um, the praise that she's getting. I think she
1: does, a phenomenal, the best version of uh, Wanda Maximoff that we've had. Yes. I I'd never really liked Wanda. I always thought she'd be able let down. Basically, based on my basic knowledge of the comic book, she's supposed to be this all-powerful. We started to see that when she takes on Thanos and she like throws like planes at people, the whole ships. It's really cool. She's badass. But never seen it. And then we actually saw some development. We saw, mm. we saw it dialed up to 10, mate, and it was a good 10. Yeah. And, and what what's really good about this as well is in any when you're
0: in like the mid twenties now of the continuation, I always, I'm like, all right, here's the new buddy. Why are they so bad? And that is kind of why I like the Eternals when I watched that, because I thought, well, at least these villains are like, I remember being in watching the Eternals movie thinking like, I, 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 this isn't for me. Like, I don't know how it's going to end. And I kind of want to see it.
1: There's a moral, we'd never before had a moral choice.
0: And this film, they very quickly set up that Elizabeth Olsen's character, uh, Wanda is so powerful and threatening. And, you know, Doctor Strange is on the run, like that he's running from this character. Very early on, he's like, I can't beat this woman. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Like she's unhinged. She's, you know, um So that's the problem is to really fully understand what she's become, the the Scarlet Witch, you have to watch Wonder Vision, which is something I haven't I have I know what happens, but I haven't seen it because I don't care. I, I, I hate the character Visions. So why would I watch a TV show based on him? <laughs> well, he's in it. And, and, no, but that's and it's me. sweet he,
0: the way that he's in it. Like, it, um, And this is the thing about Wanda as well. you got to think her introduction to it is that she lost her parents. She loses a brother. She then loses a lover. She's lost her kids. I mean, she, uh, she's she got
1: the roughest ride, I think, yeah. probably in the MCU. Now, I'll probably but,
0: miss one really obvious.
1: but It's really nice to finally see a character who has been in it for quite a long time, since Phase 2, reach the potential of what has been written. And the storyline makes sense. I'm with you all the pieces are in place to tell a great story.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, and also hats off to Benedict One who I think also just continues his quest to be one of the best additions to the MCU. Every yeah. time he's on screen, I'm like, oh God, I love
1: Benedict Wong. I want more Benedict Wong. I do. I want, I want his TV series. It was a thing. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. We're sad hustling. I would like to point out that actually one of my favorite, and I love Shane and Gina 7 reason, is when he shows up like right at the end and in the middle when Mm. he's just randomly got the abomination.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Which means that he could be in the Hulk TV show because that's where Abominations going. Um, yeah, so uh the, the the pairing then of America and Doctor Strange as they go through these different worlds. And as we know, you know, from trailers and from online um kind of the the gossip mill, we do then get some really interesting cameos, which I think really helped the storyline move forwards. Kind of did the Marvel are just really milking it now, aren't they? It's like anything you ever dreamed that you wanted to see you in can. the universe, we are now seeing. And so it's no holds bar when you get some of the amazing cameos and performances in it. Um it, it, like most Marvel films,
1: it does lose itself in the third act where it, you have to bring it all together. It's paced a bit badly. Mm. It is, and that's no, that's no not a bad thing. But by the time you've hit the third act, you've got stop-start syndrome because every time you start, it's something epic. But then it, there's it very it pulls the brakes on very quickly, and then you're like, "All oh, right, shit." And I don't like a film that travels too much because you you don't mm-hmm. have you don't get grounded. They never stay in one place for very long. It's always like there's something, there's a portal to go to or a door to open or some new place to go. And it's actually quite exhausting as a a member of the audience. You're going, for fuck's sake. And where are we in relation to, where's the tension? Because I don't know where the other characters are. So should they be, should they be worried by this? (laughs) Should they be quicker? I don't know because it's fucking multiverses and, you know, existentialism. I don't know where the threat is.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is like, when there's an impending threat, you know, in the room with you or, or you oh. know, in the same area as you. But when that impending threat is a couple of universes away. Yeah,
1: exactly. I don't know how, how concerned
0: should I be. <laughs> yeah. So, but th- 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 that just goes to show like, how cool that character is of-, of Wanda. I think with magic though, and with, you know, with the MCU, they can very quickly, I mean, they did it with Endgame where they're like, time travel? Yeah. Let's, let's invent time travel very quickly because that's going to be really convenient. And they're, in this, they were like, spell? Better spell? <sighs>
1: it's... He's, there's a spell that does this, but there's a spell that does that. So let's get got, to that spell. You've got a book of bad spells. I've got a book of good spells. Can I just say something? I don't know if you remember this. Rewatch Thor. Because you could tell, that like, Kenneth Branagh and Marvel had, had a really big conversation about how they were actually going to get magic into it. Mm. Because they they resist magic in it. They say, there's no such thing as magic. And they say magic is science that hasn't been discovered yet. Which and was go, a great line. Which is a great line. And they start talking about how everything that happens with, you know, that's not magic. That's not, in this, I love the fact, I know it's like 15, 15 movies later. are just like, fuck it, magic. magic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Doctor Strange in a kid's
1: party, pulling a rabbit out of a hat. It's all oh, magic. Fucking magic. Uh, yeah. I, I liked
0: it. I think the, um, I, I, I did, the, it's hard to rank Marvel movies now, aren't they? Because it's just this giant juggernaut of films. Yeah. But I was very, very, uh, happy with watching this movie I, I mean it's not Spider-Man level I mean that that is god tier cinema experience
1: it is but at the same time this film suffers from Marvelitis which is to really understand and love this film you do have to watch a lot of films beforehand and that's not a sign of a good film like if like so if you'd watched Infinity War for the first time you, that wouldn't be a good film you'd be confused as fuck if you saw Spider-Man is it far away from home the last one yeah, then, yeah, you would if these, these two characters just showed up you'd be like eh I don't get it, and also bear in mind that like the third act, the, the storyline's finished, is about these three characters. You'd be like, I don't know what's going on. This is bullshit. Mm. This one again, you have to know so much going in that because I've seen it, I'm with you. I really enjoyed it. It was a really good fun. The storyline's brilliant. It answers questions that make me want to go see the next film, which is which is actually what Disney want. But it's exhausting. And had I not recently watched the first stuck strange before I went, I probably wouldn't have gone to see it. I would have been like, oh I'll just catch it another time. Oh no I was I'm I'm I'm
0: Disney's got me now mate. Kevin All Feige's right. got me. I can resist and say I'm not gonna bother but I'm gonna ant man free I'm gonna go watch it. Bloody you know the She hulk I'm gonna watch it. Any film that comes out for is you know uh, Love and Thunder that's already on my list. You know I'm I'm in it now. If- I'm in it like Star Wars. I'm just gonna keep watching this stuff. I don't think there's ever a way out.
1: Moon Knight, oh, awesome. loved it. You may, know, this just, you are dying. <laughs> I know. Really, you, Moonlight's lost me. Moonlight, I first two episodes, yes, third, fourth, now I'm out. Picks it up, the last episode does pick nah, it up. I can't be asked to watch the rest. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed Doctor Strange, but I enjoyed it more for other things other than Doctor Strange. He's, been to come back, she's great, he's consistent, he has a lot of fun with it. Um, But I, I, I liked it more for, I think, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, particularly what happens with Doctor Strange in the last act, how he gets back to, let's say, our universe, our world. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. I don't know
1: if that's... Uh... It was nicer to see um, Rachel McAdams have a bigger role. Yeah. Without, i not going into spoilers, but she does have a bigger role than you think she's going to do. A newcomer, uh, so Kichi Gomez, she plays America. I thought she was very good. Good foil for the comedian that is Doctor Strange. You've got to have an innocent I mean, you? Yeah. In all of this going on, this person who doesn't know how to control her powers, the new person, uh, America Chavez, yes. As an introduction, I yes, good good choice, well acted. I care enough about the character that she doesn't get eaten by the octopus with eyes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All in all, very good. Action scenes, very good. The, there's a scene where they they travel through very quickly through time and space and whatever, and you basically you see the strain It's really good use of CGI. Effects. It's in the trailers where he turns him into cubism. Mm. That's brilliant. And that's the one thing that we never really talked about is the action that takes place because they use magic and they use different realms is they can take that extra step. They can make it like different and crazy. And it does a really good job. I still think the fight scenes in the first one a bit better because they they were fighting in these mirror universes and smashing like planes of existence. Really mm. cool. But you know what? Action holds up. Storyline very good. Acted well. It gives It makes me ask questions for the greater scale. However... That's not for this talk. This is for the talk later behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was I, I thought it was a good movie. It's a good experience. It's it's also the best horror I've seen that is in the 12 bracket. It's, that is the standing achievement in this, uh, is that, that got past the 12 rating. Someone's paid someone off. That's a 15.
1: That's a that's a that's 15. 15 that that's a 14, 15. Yeah, yeah for fresh. Disney Disney have literally slipped someone to moolah and gone. We want more people to see this. Give us a 12A, because that's a 15. In a scene that we'll talk about later hours that one scene alone 15
0: yeah <laughs> so so that's uh that's it i i would say go watch dr strange i enjoyed it I, I i think um i do i do crave ant-man now i want to go back to a hero you know who's kind of a bit more low-key i've well, got a theory about ant-man which i think is going to be true but i think the other thing is this 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 is opening up the new dimension now is in in the america chavez character if she can jump um if she can jump universes. Mm. I mean, that's already answering so many questions about where Loki is with the Loki TV series and, and how they're going to go forward. My worry is, is that there are characters we've said goodbye to for good reason. And they might come back now yeah. because you've got this guy for jail free card. You know, I see it ten movies down. We need a hero. Oh, there is only one hero, Captain America. You got to go find him from somewhere. You know, and the only
1: the only good thing about that is they had perfect endings, and the actors are done with those roles. Yeah. So the only saving grace is they'll be like, nah, get fucked." It, but it's it's the thing. Isn't it is. It's, it's, it's Marvel funny.
0: will do this time and time again, and it's probably in the source show. I say this all the time. I never read the comic books, but there was a part of me that thinks um, you you keep gifting yourself these. It's like. The, I kind of start rooting for the villains now, cause, yeah. which is why I like Thanos so much. Is because actually, fucking out, he did what he said I had to do, um, and then went to pick mangoes and just live his li- live his life, mate. Yeah. Done it. And, and because now I'm like, well, Marvel seems to keep having like a twelfth player on the pitch every time. You know, they, they, they cheat. Yeah. <laughs> the heroes cheat all the time. Time travel, my ass. I just want to get rid of these overpowered like fucking heroes. There's no threat. You wouldn't want to be, be uh, Doc Strange's mate, would you? No. Or even pair up with him. <laughs> There's a bit where he like, goes to Wanda and he's like, I'll oh, team up with me. And if I was there, I'd be like, nah, because shit always goes weird with you. Yeah, that like, like- building start twisting yeah i'm not about that
1: it's one of those simple comediness is very good as well actually yeah there, there's something yeah, it needs it though that, that's what waters down that 15 there was a brilliant line where he goes or another rodent based superhero yeah <laughs> when it starts like up spider-man I was, that was quite funny I enjoyed that
0: or he goes to he goes to wonder at one point he goes come on help me i'll get you back on the lunch boxes yes <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: really good and
0: obviously the wong and uh, bennett cumberbatch um relationship is is on point still, which is a great duo, them two together. I think Benedict like, <laughs> push
1: pushing to get his own movie. Yeah, yes. well, when
0: he's like, a, oh, he's, he's customary customary to bow to the Sorcerer Supreme.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, just,
0: yeah, your name's not on the title there, Benedict. Uh, yeah, I want a side season with him. Just four episodes, and it's a comedy, and it's just him, like I say, doing- uh, Just undoing
1: everything that every all the other heroes. have well, done. Well, you
0: know, just, just making a bit of money on the side, like hustling. You know what I mean? Just going to different- If you have What If, all these like different- um, episodes tangled together. Why don't you just have one going to all the different superheroes with a side hustle?
1: There is a, there is a spoiler. Not, there is a, there is a negative I've got to say about this is um, the character of Morbo from the first film's back yeah. played by the actor whose name I'm not even going to pretend to edge of four Literally, I love that actor. His character is not needed in this film at all. Like, he's such a redundant character. I think he's going to come back in think, our universe because he's yeah. like, I'm coming for you kind of but, thing. But so redundant. Mm. Like, genuinely could have, like, say, I, I think what really irritates me is whenever you set up a villain they have to come in the next one, they missed a shot here, he could come back later, even more powerful. Because then you could be asking, what's he been up to? You know, what have you done? But uh, to me, when he appeared and did, like, nothing, I mm. was <laughs> like, oh, okay.
0: Well, that's been our show for this week. If you, uh, we're going to just do a couple of spoilers after this, so we'll say goodbye now. Thanks for downloading. Don't forget to like, subscribe. We get a new episode each and every week. Next week, Top Gun. Ooh. We're getting closer to our 200th episode, so we're going to bring out some of the big guns. And we've done a <laughs> whole load guns. of well, we've done a whole <laughs> load of 80s ones, and we haven't done Top Gun yet. So that's our show for next week. Asking that question: Is Maverick going to be worth it? So, thank you so much for downloading. Don't see you later. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye. Three, two. One And if you're still here, it means you've seen Doctor Stranger, you're not worried about it being spoiled because there's just a couple of things, maybe five minutes of conversation about where's the MCU going next based on some of the big revelations uh, and uh, plot twists within this movie. So we just talked about how it is clearly a 15, this film. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most significant reasons for that is the uh, the the fight sequence. So when Doctor Stranger, so this is the thing I love, right? So Doctor Stranger is- is his film. He's not in it. <laughs> well, so and we get different strangers. We get Defender Strange. We get like the the Supreme Strange. We yeah. get um, we, we get Zombie we get, Strange. I we, guess. Get, we get
1: Strange. We get Strange in handcuffs, whilst whilst a massive fight is up in his film.
0: <laughs> so the, so the, that that whole sequence, right? So he goes there. The Illuminati is there. Rumor mill was you know Patrick Stewart had given it. The-
1: well, that's the thing is I think they they did a brilliant job here because they got everyone talking about Patrick Stewart being in it and it's the other ones that you didn't see coming. So I, I had
0: guessed, um, I think I guessed in this episode that Captain Carter was going to be in it. You did? As, 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 uh, sorry, Captain Britain, uh, Peggy was going to be in it. Um, which was
1: cool. Which I even I admit was cool
0: as fuck. Yeah, thought. to Hayley Atwell, I, I, I thought that. Now I had no idea, and
1: again, we are in the spoiler bit, but I- uh, uh, Blue Ball was cool. This is different. What I love about it is there's different- a different Black uh, Bolt and Anson Bolt. Mum, yeah.
0: Um, Ashanna Lynch as Captain Marvel, which was a great casting, which was phenomenal. And John Krasinski as Reed Richards, obviously. and I've
1: been saying that for fucking years. That used to you've been saying that about everything, but I've been like Mr. Fantastic needs to be John Krasinski for years,
0: yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I, I would, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna agree with you. I think the Emily Blunt the Reed, as Mr. Fantastic needs the, to be so, right? So, so that whole sequence is, is a 15, yeah. So Black Bolt's death is a 15, yeah. right? Oh
1: my god, he blows his own. Well, no, yeah, no, no spoilers, and then you yes. see,
0: among, you know, you see four characters being killed in different ways, yes. including Patrick Stewart, who did not put in the time to get that fucking comeuppance. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he he was a, he was one of the best things in the. Worst X-Men movies. Yeah. Um, and consistently he, brilliant.
1: And he he the he's the character that you've been hoping for because it bridges. Yeah. We're all he's, waiting for mutants. We're all, we're know, all waiting, like, basically, after it goes Kang, which I don't really think is gonna work, I think Kang only exists against to the X-Men, and it's gonna be it's got to be X-Men. It's got it's got to be. It's the, literally the only thing everyone wants
0: now. Which going Fantastic Four, that's where the big thing is, isn't yeah. it? If you look at the timeline, Kevin Feige's timeline, Fantastic Four, I think, is the furthest away one. So that's what we're building to is the I first family X-Men. coming back. You're right, I'm on X-Men. I, I, I didn't realise I how much I wanted bloody X-Men until I started, you know, because until, you know, obviously we've had Quicksilver, we've had Wanda now.
1: They've um, done they've done so much teasing now that they exist, and it always gets shut down. It's mm-hmm. really pissing me off. Um, and let's be honest, it was a great introduction, the, the music which we mentioned. The, the 96 episode. X-Men theme. It was is, the yeah. best. It, that little drop. And you knew it was him. Yeah, you, everyone you knew, knew it was just well, even said it, didn't he? But that's, as much as admitted it in an interview. But that's but that's when you knew he was coming, so you dropped off. But fucking John Kowinski showing up and he, he was great. He was phenomenal, he was brilliant, everything I wanted. And they all just fucking in a scene get get done. Yeah, we're done with that. <laughs> so so he's
0: here's that bit, right? So the Shannon Lynch is the as the Captain Marvel. Now there are rumors that Bree Larson's out and there will be a new Captain Marvel. And yeah, obviously like there's that. a Rebecca <laughs> Rambo storyline, we don't know how they're going to cross over. Shanna Lynch also just nailing it, you know, we're obviously being in the new James Bond movie and now this, you know, puts up a good fight against Wanda and out of all of them, but maybe between her and Captain Carter are the two that got him on the ropes. What I love about this, there are two scenes almost back to back that I thought, fucking what are we doing in this movie? And I'm sorry if I'm going to spoil it now. First one is they build up Rachel McAdams, Christine Palmer, as like, you know, in this universe, fucking cutting edge of, like, research around yeah. she's, she's um, multiverse entities that enter their worlds. Like, yeah. fucking super she smart.
1: She created the, the, the cells and everything, yeah.
0: yeah. And um, they've got Doctor Strange and they've got America in these two containers, these prisons that they can't get out of. Magic doesn't work in there. Nope. Shit goes down. She thinks, oh, I'm just going to grab this fire extinguisher and see if I can break the glass. Yep. And I was like, what are they, what? Surely Rachel McAdams would have gone like a key. Yeah, no, but surely she would have gone. Really, I'm the smartest person, and I'm I'm just right. I'm just going to pick up this fire extinguisher, like he's made of fucking unatanium. You know, and just start smashing it. All right, that's fine. Then it cuts to uh, John Kaczynski smartest man in the world, wanders there. I don't know. Just stretch my arm and try and slap her. Yep. What was his What was his plan, James? Uh, to to not be turned
1: into a rubber band ball, uh, which uh, is how I still think he should have died. Smartest man in the world. I'm just going to stretch my arm. Dead. Do you know what? I love the fact that it went on authentic, authentic, authentic with his suit. But God, that suit! Shit. If you're gonna do that film, make sure he's all, on all, the, suit. All,
0: all the all the comic book films now haven't they've redone the suit to some from yeah, the original but not comics, this, one. But this this look, uh, not, So, so not the question full. is now: is is that Krasinski out, or is he gonna come no, back? No, he's gotta be back. So but, so otherwise, that's otherwise you've wasted a great on a cameo. So let's say. Uh, because Krasinski's lining up to direct, isn't he? He wants to direct an MCU. That's what he's confirmed. Yep. So let's say 10 movies down the line, Doctor Strange is there, he sees John Krasinski Reed Richards, he's like, Oh, I've met you before in another universe. Oh yeah, how was that? Dumb. You were fucking stupid. You mm. stretched your arm towards a to the Scarlet Witch, thinking,
1: I'll just wrap my arm around you. What was missing from that whole thing is that they've obviously dealt with a Scarlet Witch before, and they were missing a they were missing that connection. Like I love the fact that they build it up. It's like everyone's getting a dick to get smashed in, and it's just like they're waiting for they're waiting for your man. Mm. They're waiting for Patrick Stewart to come in and use his mind. Thing. And that was really cool for about 10 seconds. Yeah, And it, it was the end. But that's not the bit that actually irritates me. I, I thought that bit was fine. It irritates me It doesn't give me anything. But I'm thinking about the Marvel Universe, and this is what I've been thinking about. There's no leaders. So Doctor Strange now, if you look at the Marvel, I, I don't know how you feel about... So how do I explain this? I think Ant-Man has to die. In the next film, I think Ant-Man does because, one, they haven't ended a trilogy on the death of someone yet. Also, Kang, if... So Kang, we know, is a villain in the next Ant-Man film. If Ant-Man beats him, and Ant-Man can beat him, what's the threat of Kang? Now, I know that it could be a different Kang, but really, if it makes sense, to build him up to be, Mm. like, the next level threat, he needs to kill Ant-Man. Film trilogies, they usually... Well, trilogies after three... If Paul Rudd doesn't go out now, does he stick around for ages until the point? There's no leaders. I don't really rate Falcon. I didn't really like Winter Soldier. They're okay, but they're not leaders. So I don't know what like the next Avengers looks like. I There's too much storyline. There's too much happening. I don't know where they go from here. They Well, we are on a spoiler section now, aren't we? Mm. They killed off, presumably they've killed off the Scarlet Witch, which is the only thing they really can do. It makes it, it makes the film grander. Really, there's nothing left for the next phase.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I, I don't want Wanda to be gone because I think Elizabeth Olsen's awesome, but there's no coming back. Yes, from, really, yeah, she's done. Her yeah. story arc is done. The moment, is the, moment, the moment your hero has killed anyone, a civilian, you know, or a, 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 a bystander, you can't have them come back. And she certainly takes out people in uh, Stranger's Temple yeah. scene. Um, because she resurrects them she burns them you know so she's committed crimes she can't come back from there's no like oh it's alright she's one of us
1: so I just don't really see where anything goes from here which is you know they're going to have fun and they're probably going to get me involved but there's something missing from the film and this is going sound really stupid it's Benedict Cumberbatch who and this is the point I'm trying to make he is going to be the leader of the Avengers he's the new Iron Man he's the new Captain America he's going to be doing think- it because there's no one else really Captain Marvel should be should be, but I genuinely don't think audiences have responded well to Captain Marvel as a character. You're right, mm-hmm. he should be. the most powerful. Brie Larson, I, I, I'm one of the few that quite like Captain Marvel. But Benedict Cumberbatch is like a bitch at his own film. Mm. So how so is he going to lead anyone? Wrong let wrong steps I'm, I'm fine with that. So I just think it's a really weird time. To I, I think the film, so this film originally was coming out later, wasn't it? And this is yeah. one they've swapped around. Just makes me think that the the hand's not quite sure what they're planning. Well, for
0: the next four movies, going to be interesting. Yeah, because again, does this now open up that um, Natalie Portman is from the universe, and and actually, you know, we know that Loki and what's and what's happened there is caused the multiverses to collapse on themselves. So this individual uh, America Chavez who can skip universes, like they're all going to be collapsing in on themselves, which I think is why we get the multiple Kangs. So we'll have yeah. Kang the Conqueror from ours, who I think in Loki I could be completely wrong. They said he's a prehistoric, like not prehistoric, but fucking ages I know what old. You mean, yeah. So we're going to get various versions of that character coming in, and maybe one super bad one that's destroyed universes or whatever. Yeah. So just, um,
1: it's, it's it's weird time, but do you want? Know They're going to make it work. Mm, the blades like, coming in. So there's still there's still some hope that there's some good movies coming. Yeah, there is. I just it feels like I'm at it feels like a natural conclusion, but.
0: If they, can make, if they can make that movie a 12, Blade all of a sudden feels like... I'm not saying Blade needed to be an 18, but going back to but the Western it, going one, it's, West yeah, yeah. it's, you know, you would expect a 15 for Blade. You know, he wields a sword,
1: you know. He's well, a, they did a 12. I it was the third one. It was shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, But you know what? It makes me question. I've got more questions now for the grand side of things. As the films go, it was very good. The ending was a bit weird, like too weird. I think the third act failed a bit.
0: But... I watched it, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, the film is the weakest bit, but it all, they and, always are.
1: And it really had a good. It had a, a brilliant villain, arguably its best. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the one thing that you say is lacking in Marvel films sometimes. Though lately they've been smashed out apart with great villains, but this villain probably the best. Yeah, I think it's up there with Blanchett was holding the torch for a while. Yes. Teller, I thought yeah. she was wicked as a villain. Yeah, Thanos was obviously Thanos, the yeah. was a big one. I liked Ultron as a villain. I didn't like the film. but I liked Ultron. I like Ultron as a voice. Yeah,
0: that's a good point, actually. Yeah, I, I like Ultron's voice. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, Kingpin, mate. i go Vincent DiNfaro on the small screen. Yeah, the great, it. great Marvel villain. Oh,
1: Cottonmouth, again, played by Mojo Alley in uh, mm. Luke Cage.
0: In a different universe, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's well weird now, isn't it? <laughs> Don't you look like shh? have <laughs> you been um, in this
0: before? Yeah,
1: but you should go check it out. I like say, I didn't like it as well. No, do you know what I did like it? it was a very good film.
0: I liked it. Visually, it was stunning. I saw it in 3D and I, I don't normally go for 3D oh, movies. I
1: didn't even know it was in 3D. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it
0: was really, really good. And, um, you know, the first sequence, the opening sequence, you know, the, the New York scenes, straight away, that looked like Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man New York. Yeah. There's a whole sequence on a on a rooftop, you know, and, and it just takes you back to Spider-Man, you know, one, you know, Tobey McGuire learning his skills. Great, great cameo from Bruce Campbell as well. Yeah. I fucking love that. You know, and the Mo- multiverse thing now is, um, like you say, you've got the, the, the and do you know what, actually as well, I'll give it, it's in the trailer, you know, there the, it is in the trailer, that Doctor Strange fucks about with the multiverse and and uh, wonders like, you're a hero, whereas I do it and I'm a villain. And actually I think, I was like, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yep. You know, like Spider-Man, it was great, we've got the, the other spider man coming into it and hopefully, I still say yeah. it, hopefully we get an Andrew Garfield sequel and a Tobey Maguire sequel at some point. But um, it does seem like Marvel or the directors and the producers of the Marvel, kind of like they pick and choose rules when it suits that narrative, you know? Because if not, I'll just be like, well, just put America in every film going forward now then because yeah. she can skip a universe. And, and just go and Deadpool again. in it and that's what we need. That, yeah, is that the gateway? Is that they're all just going to come into our Earth because yeah. Kang destroys all the other ones?
1: Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah, but if you do that, yeah, I don't know. I don't Kang, know. Kang the Conqueror has got to do some conquering. That's what I mean. So if he gets taken out by Ant-Man straight away, yeah, you, that's what I mean. So if he loses to Ant Man, even if it's a different version, you still be like, Oh, he's a bitch. Yeah, bear he? in mind
0: that that's the version in in our world. So what yeah I, I did like that. I did like that in the Loki series when he's like, I'm good, you wait till you see my brothers. Yeah, And then that yeah. that was like that was a cool line. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah, like, they're the
1: ones you need to be frightened of. So what's next in the Marvel thing then? Four. Thor comes out two months. Which I think Thor will have very little to do with this. This will be more about the Guardians of the galaxy setting that up and his own story. I mm. uh, this is this is probably so far removed from the Moeverse it might be a good thing. Well do you go down the
0: route of the, the, the you know Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy 3 then it will come out which I think they've finished filming Dave well,
1: has hung up his Yeah they've said the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 though he's the last Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy Yeah so do they
0: go down that route and you know we know that obviously Adam Warlock's coming into it um, you know and, and do they go deeper and deeper into space and the, the kind of intergalactic superheroes probably and then leave the Earth superheroes to do the oh old multiversey stuff.
1: This is also, this is sort of stuff that I actually talked about. It makes me bored. But I, I, I,
0: I think we are getting closer to Fantastic Four. And I do think it'll be Silver Surfer. By the time I we get wish, to
1: it, we should be interested. To see, it's just like I can't wait to see X Men, and I can't wait to see them do the Dark Phoenix saga for a third time and fuck it up for a third time. That's the big... most famous comic book story of all time that Marvel's ever done. The Dark Phoenix. You've had two shots of it, Fox, and you fucked it up twice. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's,
0: he's like, is <laughs> that the route that they're going to go down? Are they going to go down? Because here's the other thing. Now you bring in a Professor X. Could be, could be McAvoy. Oh, do oh, be McAvoy. My, my brain's they're... fucking hurting here. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, you know, and because Pat Stewart, as we talked about with Picard, like he's, he's old, he's old, you know, and, and surely he's not going to want to keep re going to these characters. No, you know?
1: it feels like it feels like his role in Doctor Strange is because everyone, all of the Illuminati, like they killed Doctor Strange, and he's like he calls him his friend. He goes, "No, I believe it. He's the good guy." So even still, they care enough about him that he's still a good guy. Uh, yeah, I don't have a clue.
0: Professor X is, is <laughs> he's he's is the he's the boy though, isn't he? Like, I like, like, just. The moment you come on the screen, that's like it's like a warm hug. Mm. you straight back to being 13 in the cinema watching that first X-Men movie and being like, oh, just what a dude.
1: It was, as you know as as appearances go, you knew it was coming, but still it was. But it was like when you sat in the cinema and you knew Garfield and you knew- Maguire. Maguire were coming. And you still loved it. And you still loved Charlie Cox showing up at the beginning of that film as well. You, you loved everything about the film. You mm. knew it was coming. It'd been sport for you, but you still, you had, you had belief.
0: yeah. Well, as we go forward with the MCU, like I say, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. You've got my money. Um, I may as well just give it to him now. It'd be easy on it. <laughs> yeah, so next week, Top Gun. That is our big show for next week Take as we roll on. The limit. We are, mate. I have a, a need. A need for rubbish 80s movies. <gasps> oh. See you next week. Thanks for downloading. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.